Well, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the best damn move related show on the planet Earth, the John Campy Show. Coming from right here on my YouTube channel, I'm, of course, your host, John Campia, and it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day, to have you, our international friends, gather around as we talk about our favorite things in the world, movies, movie news, TV, and streaming, and the Batman. And joining us here today, of course, writer, director, producer, Mr. Robert Meyer Burnett. Robert, how are you doing today, sir? John, it's a fine day. You know, John, next Tuesday, <laughs> a week from today, A week bro. from today. A week from today, we're going to be flying around with wonderful toys. Watching, uh, we're going to be watching Batman next week. I'm I, a, a week away. I'm so excited. The countdown has begun. Sitting right beside him, of course, is Ray Ora. Ray, how you doing? I'm so excited for that three-hour nap I'm going to take. <laughs> Those seats are so comfortable. I can't believe it. But look, but look, look at my shirt right here. The Dominus. I don't know if you guys can see that. The second best car in Rocket League right here. When'd you get that shirt? Uh, I don't know. I just found it. <laughs> like on the floor somewhere? Yeah, like, like I forgot I bought it. I forgot I bought it. I have so many shirts, I forget I buy some of them. Uh, and hey, just so you know, uh, Chris Carr is not coming in today. She is unfortunately experiencing... We're going to start calling her Chris Carr car trouble. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so Chris Carr just notified us about you know an hour ago that she wasn't going to be able to make it in today. So... We will see here back uh, pretty soon. So we're, of course, joined by a very special guest uh, from Bloodsport, Mr. Bolo Young. Uh, so the greatest pecs in, uh, in martial arts movie history, Mr. Bolo Young is joining us. Anyway, guys, it's good to have you here today. And here's how today's show is going to go. We're going to break it down into three parts. No, I take that back, two. We're breaking it into two parts. In the first half of the show, we're going to take uh, some predetermined topics that we've got lined up and ready to go. Then in the second half of the show... We're going to take your live comments and questions. Now, if you've got a live comment or question you want to get on the show, and if you're watching live, and only if you're watching live, go ahead and use the Super Chat feature over there in the YouTube chat, and we'll read off those comments and questions when we get to the end of the main topics. But also, guys, you know, if you're watching this video any of the other 22 hours during the day, and you still want to get a question or comment in for me or Rob to take, good news. We do a show three times a week called Mailbag where we take your comments and questions that you send in. If you want to send in a question for Mailbag, simply go over to www.thejohncampiashow.com slash contact. That's the wrong one. That's for another thing. I got distracted. Rob is distracting me right now. Go over to www.streamelements.com slash movieblogtv slash tip. Once you guys get there, uh, you can fill out a comment or question to send in to us, and we'll, we'll read it on a Mailbag show. If we deem your comment or question to be appropriate to be read on our show, and of course, you'll be supporting our channel at the same time, and all of us involved with the John Gabe Show, thank you guys so much for your support. Also, guys, a little bit of house cleaning. Don't forget that if you need your daily fix of the John Gabe Show, but you can't be in front of a YouTube video, good news. There's an audio-only version known as the John Campia Show Podcast. Just go on your favorite podcasting app of choice, subscribe to it today, so it'll be there when you need it. Also, guys, don't forget. A little bit later today at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. You can look up and find out whatever that time is in your time zone. But at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, it is the newest meeting of Movie Club today. Ooh. And the movie we're going to be talking about today to celebrate the Batman coming out next week is the first Christopher Nolan Batman film, Batman Begins. And just so you guys know... If you guys can't watch live and you want to listen to it later, there is also a podcast feed for Movie Club. And you can go on, uh, again, your favorite podcasting app of choice, 
Just search for Movie Club, a John Campia Show podcast. Go and find that. It's on a totally separate podcast feed from the regular John Campia Show. But go and search for the Movie Club, a John Campia Show podcast and subscribe to that so you guys can get caught up with Movie Club in case you can't join us live a little bit later today. Okay, guys. With all that down, let's get into a couple of off-the-tops here, shall we? And our first off-the-top is this. You know, one of the movies that's coming out that I'm actually quite excited for is Fantastic Beasts, uh, and what's it called? The Crimes? No, the, no, the, uh, Secrets, the Crimes of Dumbledore. The Secrets of Dumbledore. The Crimes was the second one. The Secrets yeah. is the third. The Secrets of Dumbledore. And listen, I'm not the world's biggest Potterhead, all right? I, my wife is. My wife loves all things Harry Potter. But I'm not. But so I enjoyed the first Fantastic Beast movie. I thought the first Fantastic Beast movie is pretty good. Um, and I quite liked the second one. Like, I thought the second, now, not as good as, you know, a lot of the Harry Potter movies, but I still, I thought the second Fantastic Beast movies, The Crimes of Grindelwald, was quite good. And I thought Johnny Depp was fantastic as Grindelwald. Uh, quite frankly, I thought he was wonderful in that. Now, of course, there's been a little bit of controversy. A little bit of, uh, yeah, a little, a little, yeah, a little bit of uh, kerfuffle going on. Obviously, Johnny Depp is no longer with it. But they went out and got somebody who might even be arguably an even better actor in Mads Mikkelsen to play the role. And anyway, it just dropped this morning a bunch of uh, character posters for the upcoming one. And they look like standard movie character posters, but a couple of them look pretty damn good. Let's take a look at some of these. Uh, obviously, you got, we got Newt. And Newt's going to be uh, the main one there. Of course, he's got a little his little wand, his little plant friend on. I don't know his plant friends. Then we got a good look at Dumbledore, played by Jude Law. I think he's great as Dumbledore. He by really the way. is good. I think he's really good in that role. Uh, then we got Newt's brother, who is now his ally, I suppose. I cannot remember the names of any of these characters. Uh, that, that, whatever. There's there's someone. Ooh, look, <laughs> there's someone else. Uh, <laughs> that's his Muggle friend, of course. Getting to the ones that I'm really quite interested in. And we get down, I mean, it's a lot of good ones. I like that they actually have character posters for a couple of the creatures. That's adorable. I actually like the little plant guy. Uh, but then we get to the one, one of the big ones, and that's the Mad Mickelson yeah. as Grindelwald. Grindelwald. I think he's going to kill it. I think the way Johnny Depp killed it in the second one, I think Mads Mickelson's going to kill it in this one. Because he's Mads Mickelson. That's just what he does. When he's on screen, he's amazing. So I, I really like this poster. Uh, and then, listen, I got to tell you what else. I love the Ezra Miller poster. Well, I love Is it. Is that too. Ezra it's, or Weird Al Yankovic? <laughs> Weird Al Yankovic. Weird Al Yankovic stars in The Secrets of Dumbledore. And actually, there is a little bit of Weird Al. But like, I'll tell you what. I am not the biggest fan of his character in the movie so far. Like, to me, again, they started to build up the importance in the second one. I've not been the biggest fan of this character, or nor do I feel it's been, a, like, all that important of a character. Obviously, it's going to become extremely important. But I haven't. But this poster, this looks badass. I love this poster. So, yeah, listen, posters are just posters. No no big deal. They're not going to make the movie any better. But I, I got to say, I like these posters for the, for the Secrets of Dumbledore. Rob, you've had a chance to take a look at them. What do you think? Dude, they're very cool. And I, like you, I like the Ezra Miller poster, I think, the best. Um, just the look. But... Uh, I, I, you know, I like character posters. I like that they focus on the particular actor character. It, 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 I think it's a, I like this trend. Warner Brothers has always been sort of at the forefront of this character poster thing. And I like it. You know, we, we talked for a minute about the fact that 
you know, there, there's still, there, there's still some unhappiness, I, I guess you could say, about the fact that they there was there was necessitated a transition from Johnny Depp to to Mads Mikkelsen here. I don't think anybody doesn't like. The idea that Mads Mikkelsen is, is playing Grindelwald, obviously some happy, some people may be unhappy that it's no longer Johnny Depp. Rob, when you think about the situation that they're in right now, I have not been hearing as much of the grumbling as I have before. And I get it. Listen, if Johnny Depp is one of your favorite actors, you're going to grumble a bit because I thought he was great in the second one. I did too. But where do you think that's at right now? And do you think once this movie comes out, do you think Mikkelsen is just going to be able to get people on board? Look, I, here I, I'm Grindelwald now. Do you think his performance is going to be able to carry that? Well, like you, I love Mads Mikkelsen. I mean, I think that Mads Mikkelsen is... I, for, I loved him, John. Loved him in Casino Royale as Le Chief. Oh, my God. He was so good. So good. And, and, and then I started seeing him like Valhalla Rising. You know, is it Valhalla Rising that he was in? And then he was in like The Hunt, these Danish films. And, uh, dude, I got to say, this might be a controversial opinion. But he is my absolute hands down favorite Hannibal Lecter. God bless Anthony Hopkins. And I love Anthony Hopkins. But his portrayal of Hannibal Lecter in the three seasons of Brian Fuller's Hannibal series, dude, come on. And then when he's in movies like Another Round, another movie I adored, I mean, he just, he has this weird, ethereal, otherworldly quality. And when he turns on the malevolence, like that scene when he's torturing Daniel Craig, like smashing his balls in that chair. <laughs> I mean, and the, the way he plays the part and that dude playing Grindelwald, I think he's going to kill it. And by I the way, even in Rogue it. One, even as the dad in Rogue One, like I, 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 I loved him in that. He was so good. And he had and he has uh, an elegance to him. Yes. And and, and which I, is terrifying, a terrifying elegance. Ter that's a good way to put it. And, and they use that in Hannibal to the nth degree. But there's also there's no one who has a voice like him and yeah. his expressions. There's just something about he's one of those guys where you look at him. He belongs in a movie like, you know, there's people that like there's beautiful people in the world. And then there's interesting people. But not everybody belongs on a movie screen. Mads Mikkelsen belongs in the movies. Absolutely does. And and I, I I think he's going to win over a lot of people. Uh, some people might be a little bit hesitant, understandably so, if that's your favorite actor being replaced. But I think he's going to do a great job and looking Kill forward it. to it. You, you know, these character posters, they look, I think they're way better than the Game of Thrones one, at least. At you least think you so? can see their face. You know what, what I mean? mean? Are you talking Lord about the, the Lord of the Rings well, one? Lord of the Rings one, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, but the Lord of the Rings one, that was all concept, right? They think yeah. about the focusing on the hands and the ones that had the rings. Yeah, Ray's not having it. Ray's not happening. Anyway, guys, question is for you. What do you think about these character posters that they just released for the new Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore? I think they look really good. They're just posters. They're not going to make the movie any better. No. But still, it's kind of cool to take a look at them. What do you guys think about it? Jump down into the comments section below and let us know your thoughts. You know whose posters were good, John? Who's that? Moonfall posters were good. The Moonfall posters were good. Man, I'm just glad you didn't say. I'm just glad you didn't say uh, the terminal. <laughs> the oh terminal no! no that, that'll come later. I got to surprise you with the you terminal. Gotta, you gotta catch me off guard with the terminal. There's a great Moonfall uh, billboard by where I live, and it, it's it's like all graffiti, like "Screw the Moon." And oh, it's, I like it's that. It's awesome. <laughs> all right, guys. With that down, let's do another off the top, and that is this. Now, we've got a couple of Batman topics that we're talking about here today, and sh of course we are. It's only one week away <laughs> till game day. Okay. But yeah, but 
Rob came in this morning, and the first thing he said when he walked into the studio, he said, man, how about that Catwoman in the safe clip from Batman, huh? And I'm like, excuse me? What is this? <laughs> what is this you're speaking of? There is a brand new clip that just came out from the Batman, and we've seen glimpses of this clip in other things like we've seen it in a, in a trailer spot and in a promo spot a little bit instead of you know a traditional catwoman mask she's wearing that like that ripped out ski mask thing which i think looks awesome yeah i think it looks great well they did put out this new clip today that is now out and you can go and find it and basically it's just a very simple clip of catwoman breaking into a place and i just she just very slowly as she finds this safe she rolls out her tools and very intricately, it's not just ah, grab a screwdriver and open it. No, she grabs all these different delicate tools, places each thing at the right time and break, sh actually showing that Catwoman is the master thief, right? They show her off as the absolute master thief. And then as she's breaking into the safe, you, what does he say to her? You're good at that or something. Yeah, like, some... Batman comes up behind her and says, like, you're pretty good at that. Or you find what you're looking for or whatever. Because Batman did what Batman does. He was able to sneak in behind her. She had no idea. And then the fight. And the fight does two things to me that is absolutely awesome. And this is what I was asking you about. Yeah. Number one, it's showing us Catwoman's moves. Because Catwoman's got moves. Like serious, hardcore moves. But the other thing... Batman ain't being jobbed by anybody. He's not even breaking a sweat. She's throwing everything at him, and he's like, dun, dun, uh, 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 like not even breaking a sweat until he slams her down, takes the book, and she's like, ah, I give that back and whatever. I got to tell you, I'm watching this, and this is just a little sample, all right? I get it. It's a little tiny sample. But the sample... If that's the DNA of what we're getting in this movie, if that's what these fights are going to feel like, like with great, with impact and with a real kinetic energy. And if they show Batman as the baddest motherfucker on the planet and like, like even Catwoman, who's got all these moves, like I'm like, I'm watching this and I'm like, like bouncing up and down my stair of my chair. My blood is flowing. I'm so freaking excited. This is my most anticipated movie of the year. And it's just getting even more. One week cannot pass fast enough. Rob, anyway, you're the one who told me about this clip. What did you think of it? Well, I think I, I felt the same way that you did. I mean, when I watched this, I think the way it's shot and the way the fight scene is choreographed tells us a lot about the approach to the film. I mean, normally we see a lot of these fight scenes in superhero movies. They're either trying to cover up uh, how the characters move or the limitations in the costumes. And edits can be used to create what I call false action. When you cut something, you can make you can make the viewer jar like a like an actual cut is almost like a punch so you can use rather than having great punches you can use edits quickly and make people think they're seeing a better fight scene than they are when you see real fight choreography and you see whether they're using stunt doubles or whatever it changes the whole tenor of what you're watching this little tiny snippet made me think to myself, and the same thing, the ferocity of Pattinson in that trailer when he's beating the hell out of that one guy, this film has gone out of its way more than any other Batman movie. And I'm just, again, I know people are going to be like, Rob, you're only looking at a small clip. It's true, but if you even look at how Captain, I mean Captain, when you look at how Batman gets Catwoman on the table, yeah. there's, there's a sexual 
thrill there too which is like, what you want to have between ab- Bat- batman and catwoman absolutely and yet it's done in the context of the fight now this is going to seem a little highfalutin but watching these different things happen in just this little clip it shows batman is a great fighter it shows catwoman is capable it also shows the sexual tension between the two of them and the way it's shot the way it's directed and edited this little bit shows me we're going to get a batman movie unlike any we've seen so far and i think it's going to it's going to hit harder and faster and i mean that figuratively not just literally and than any batman movie we've ever seen here's the thing go back to what should have been an awesome movie snake eyes you go to that to please the audience we're not going in looking for shakespeare it's not going to be hard to please me to see this just show some badass ninja action and instead, they took a little iguana and then they pumped a bunch of cocaine into the iguana, right? This poor little iguana. And then they strapped a GoPro <laughs> onto this high as a kite fucking iguana. Said, you're the cameraman, iguana. And the, the iguana's got his camera and he's doing this. And you can't see a damn freaking thing of what's going on in the action, that thing. But let's go back over and take a look at this again. How many camera cuts in this action? Look at that. Wide shot, wide shot, strike, 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 strike. Only camera cutting when the action stops to give us character perspectives. All the action is held in place in the frame so we as the audience can see the action, feel the visceralness of it. It's not artificial. It looks great. Why can't more filmmakers understand that if you have good action, proper cinematography still counts in action sequences. Dude, I don't know why more guys don't get this. It's everything. The problem is they're hiding their deficiencies. Shaky cam and quick cutting hides the deficiencies of the costumes and the performers. That's why they got Jackie Chan's stunt crew to come over and choreograph Shang-Chi. You know, that fight scene in the bus. Mm-hmm. A lot of that. There's One of the you, best I've ever seen. You know, what's interesting is if you see one punch thrown and then you have a cut. That's fake. What you want is you want to see multiple punches thrown. You want to see feints. You want to see blocks in the same frame. That Catwoman clip, the far shot when you see her kicking at him, she does a few moves. You can't fake those moves. They have somebody who's really doing something for real. And then, like you said, when the action stops, you move to a character perspective. Then you're not cheating the audience and nor are you cheating the sequence. You're making the sequence. That's a beautifully constructed action scene. And you're right. We just don't get those anymore. At least not enough and not in great stuff. And it's encouraging to me when I see a shot like this from the Batman. It's like if that's what your action is going to be like, like it reminds me back to that first trailer when the Batman. Now, granted, we don't see the guy's face and his skull getting crushed. But when Batman takes that guy down and he says, I'm vengeance or whatever, and he gets on top of him, what does Matt Reeves do? He sets the camera with the cinematographer, locks it in place, and says, okay, Robert, start wa- pretending like you're wailing on that guy. And it's just a still frame of Batman going, boom, 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 and it doesn't move from it. Or when we see him walking down the hall and the guy shooting machine guns, it's one camera shot. When he's on that platform fighting those two other guys with guns, it's one camera shot. They're, it tells me they're going to put in great fight choreography and say, you know what? Let's not hide this great choreography. Let's make sure everybody can see it great. And if this is what we have in store for us for the Batman, I'm damn excited. Well, And you know, you just pointed something out. I mean, what you're doing is you're relying more on the audience's intellect 
than their senses. So I, I, what I mean by that is you can, if you're making somebody's perception, the audience's perception go all over the place with edits or motion, you're not allowing the audience to look at something like if the camera's still and Batman's walking forward and you're seeing bullets bounce off Batman that are being shot by a machine gun, your intellect kicks in and you're thinking to yourself, oh, I mean, that's badass, as opposed to having your perception jostled, which creates this fake sense of action. The other way is always better because it it, it allows the audience to wonder, if I was the Batman getting shot by a machine gun, that would suck. <laughs> So, you know, it's a different, it's, it's a whole different approach to filmmaking. Well, guys, the question is for you. Have you had a chance to see this clip from the Batman? I think it looks awesome. Maybe you're like Rob and you're like, no, 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 I'm done. I don't want to see any more clips or whatever. But I'm telling you what, this thing has got me really excited. I think this is the kind of filmmaking we're, we can look forward to in this Batman movie. I'm damn hyped. What did you guys think about it? Jump down into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. We want to take a minute and thank the sponsors of this video, Liquid IV. Now listen, just one stick of Liquid IV added to 16 ounces of water will hydrate you faster and more efficiently than just water alone. It contains five essential vitamins like B3, B5, B6, B12, and of course vitamin C with three times the electrolytes as traditional sports drinks. And what makes Liquid IV so effective is the science of cellular transport technology or CTT. You see, it's designed to enhance rapid absorption of water and other key ingredients into your bloodstream faster and more more efficiently. It tastes great and it's a great thing to take when you feel run down, you need your daily hydration boost, or even a little bit of hangover recovery. You know, Ann and I get up pretty early in the morning to go to the gym because we can't go to the gym at any other time during the day. And for the last couple of weeks, I have been drinking one full glass of water with Liquid IV. And all I can tell you is you can feel the difference during the workout. So go and grab Liquid IV in bulk nationwide at Costco, or you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code CAMPIA at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you use the promo code CAMPIA, that's C-A-M-P-E-A, at liquidiv.com. Experience better hydration today when you go to liquidiv.com. And remember, use the promo code at checkout, CAMPIA. And a big thank you to the folks over at Liquid IV for being a sponsor of the John Campia Show. All right, guys, with that down... Let's get into our main topics here today, shall we? And how do we select our main topics here on the John Campy Show? Well, it's really simple. You see, you guys come up with them. Whenever you come across a big topic issue or story that you guys feel we need to cover as a main topic on the show, just go anytime 24-7 over to www.thejohncampiashow.com slash contact. Once you guys get there, you're going to see a form. Fill it out with your topic or question. It's absolutely free. Hit submit, and then maybe, just maybe, you might see your submission featured as a main topic here on the John Campia Show. With that down, let's get into main topic number one. And our first main topic today gets submitted to us by Eric Thomas. And Eric Thomas writes, Pixar's 25th feature film. Can't believe it's their 25th. Crazy. Turning Red screened for the first time uh, in full to some critics yesterday, and we got some first reactions. The ones I've read are extremely positive, with many pointing out the humor, the voice acting, and Ludwig Göransson's score, of course, the same guy who did Mandalorian, but also the emotionality, honest and re relatability, 
that are often the hallmarks of Pixar movies, and that is this movie, that has it in this movie as well. I've been optimistic for this film to be good, but now hearing these early reactions gets me really excited. What about you? Are you excited for this? All right, thanks a lot for saying that in, man. Listen, I've said for a long time, Pixar is not just the best animation studio in the movie business. They are the best studio in the movie business. When you run down their roster of films, I think there was a streak of like five years in a row where a Pixar film was the number one critically rated film of the year. Five years in a row. None of them got nominated for Best Picture. Eventually, a couple of Pixar films did. Toy Story 3 got nominated for Best Picture. And Up got nominated for Best Picture. Two of only three animated films in history to be nominated for Best Picture. But they just cause it. Even when they start putting out movies that don't look all that great to me, like Coco, I come out, Coco! Like, I come out of those movies moved and just on an emotional high. And, like, I have, I like I, I constantly walk into these Pixar films. And I'm like, well, this one doesn't look so good. And then I always walk out saying, I will never doubt Pixar again. And then I doubt the next one. And it is what it is. But I'll tell you what, this one they've got coming out called Turning Red, right from the very first trailer, I thought, this looks like it's going to be really entertaining. Now, of course, also, I'm a little bit biased. Got a good Canadian girl directing the movie. And it takes place in Toronto. And Toronto is all over the place in this movie. Like, whether it's the main character wearing Canadian flags, or you always see the CN Tower in the back, or whatever. So I'm a little bit biased. A little biased it's okay I, I'm, I'm enough i'm big enough that i can admit that that's fine but still the trailers will look great then came the mind-boggling decision by bob chapek and his incompetent cronies <laughs> that shout out i'm never gonna be invited <laughs> to anything disney again but then came the mind-boggling decision by bob chapek and his incompetent cronies that they were going to take turning red and make it a streaming only movie which again pissed off the people at Pixar. There's got a lot of unhappy people over there, but whatever, the movie's still the movie. I'm not going to hold some executive's decisions against the creators of a film. And yes, it has started screening, and they lifted the social media embargo, and surprise, surprise, the reactions are incredible. They're absolutely great. This is what we're hearing from a bunch of people who got to see it. Uh, Gabriella from the Digital Spy wrote, uh, Turning Red, oh my God. After a bit of preamble, it completely sneaks up on you, hitting you hard with feelings. Teenage girl, her, teenage girlhood so well represented. And with all those layers of family and ancestry, it's a perfect example of finding universal empathy in specific storytelling. Uh, uh, what else we got? We've got, I've seen Pixar's Turning Red. It's the perfect blend of Western animation and Eastern anime influences. Director Domi Shi has such a great, clear vision uh, that's bright, fun, and joyful. You can tell what a personal story it is for her. Uh, over here, we got Turning Red is a pure joy and absolute fun, thoroughly enjoyable. A wonderful story about puberty and parenting from uh, Domi Shi with a catchy soundtrack to boot. Rosalie Chiang is going to be a star. Uh, I absolutely loved Turning Red, a wonderful coming-of-age story about the complexities of growing up, embracing yourself, and learning how to let kids find their own path. The animation is perfect; is a perfect fusion of Eastern and Western influences, and director Dami Shi is the future. Hearing a lot of comments about, about the director of How this. many times do you hear an animation director called out in so many 
great. Very rarely. Very rarely. Unless their name is Brad Bird or something like that. It's very rare. Uh, Scott Davis writes, uh, Turning Red is a joy, a warm, hilarious, touching, and Pixar's most oh-behave baby film about parenting, growing pains, and friendship. Would have uh, would have been belting to watch this in a packed audience. Alas, oh well, it's going to be on Disney Plus on March 11th. So those idiots. Anyway, Turning Red, Pixar's Turning Red is hilarious, heartfelt, and, unapo- and unapologetically horny. Uh, a sentimental story about... Parental uh, parental problems, puberty, and pandas that's endearingly oddball and off-kilter in the best way. A good world-building and teen bops, uh, Sandra Oh, who plays, does the voice of the mom, and newcomer Rosalie Chiang are splendid. And it just goes on and on and on and on. Just on and on and on and on. It's, it's incredible what they do. So, hold on a second. I just got a fucking moron in the chat that i gotta get rid of there we go okay so anyway uh it just goes like it's just everything about it is just this thing's incredible this thing's amazing it looks and sounds like everything i wanted it and you know what it's got overtones of to me it it kind of sounds like it's got the feel of inside out which was you know it's a lot of things about the we is like we all went through it about how we developed and all that kind of stuff i thought inside out was a beautifully touching emotional like at the end of inside out man like as she's finally learning that she's allowed to feel her sadness that broke me as i'm in theaters like this is beautiful right and that everything about this movie just like like that anyway rob you're hearing all the reactions from turning red what's your reaction to this? sadness and anger john because you know i saw this trailer and for whatever reason the trailer just really appealed to me and i thought it looked great now to find out it it has representation, it has a female director, it's Pixar, and that everyone loves it, and that comment that was made about wanting to see it in a theater, and it's the 25th Pixar movie, this should have been a movie that should be, uh, have a huge marketing campaign. They should tout the 25th feature film from Pixar. You know, it's a milestone movie on many different levels. It's the fusion of anime and Western sensibility. I mean, that's that alone is worth celebrating. I cannot believe it is inexplicable to me, John, that they are putting this on Disney Plus and not releasing it theatrically in the wake of, of, of Uncharted making money, Dog making money, Spider-Man No Way Home making money. Where's the thought process here? I don't understand. Mask mandates are being lifted. We're coming out of the pandemic. Uh, uh, COVID cases are precipitously dropping throughout the country. I want to see this movie in a theater with an audience, and now I can't. It's it's a shame, too, because this feels like the kind of movie that you would want to be in an audience with laughing and yeah. and, and, and awing and whatever. But uh, but I just I, like you said, I, I really find it of all the movies to do this to. They keep doing this to Pixar films. And I'm like, like you said, John, the strongest studio ever for the last quarter century. Why? Why would you do this to Pixar? Uh, you, you know, I was thinking about that. And the only thing I could think about was it seems like for the, the kids, like like the schools, like, are, you know, they're like the last ones to have to wear masks right right yeah. now. So that's the only argument I, I could think about it. But I, I would just delay it. You know, they they put a lot of hard work into these films. But, you know, what's funny, the one thing about Pixar movies is they're just as appealing to adults as they are to kids. Yes. 
And I think that's one of the great things. A, a lot of people, you know, we've so infantilized and pandered children in our culture now. But here's a company that is literally making children's entertainment that is as rich is as which is as enriching for adults as it is for it's truly all ages entertainment and it's they look at their track record and i feel like they're being punished i feel like someone's <laughs> like well pixar you're too good we're gonna put you in we're gonna give you a little time out we're gonna put you on disney plus you don't get you don't get box office i mean this movie is not going to have a box office score you know, the director of this film is not going to be able to go to their mom and dad. Hey, mom and dad, look, my movie just made $300 million at the box office. She'll never get to do that. That's sad. Yeah, and mean. It's, it's unfortunate. But at the end of the day, the movie looks great. Uh, it seems like the reactions to it are fantastic. I'm very much looking forward to watching it, even though I'm not going to be able to watch it the way I really do. And it is unfortunate, too, because they just had the biggest box office weekend that we've had since Christmas. We had Uncharted far exceeding its box office expectations. We had Dog exceeding its box office expectations. We are seeing a trend now of the theater, and it's, neither of those are comic book movies. We're starting to see the recovery, and they decided to go, oh, well, yeah, Bob Chapek saw, oh, look, our stock is dropping. Better put more things straight just to Disney+. Plus. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, it's I understand the thought process is like, well, a movie that's this good will bolster our subscriptions. But how many more subscriptions is Disney expecting to get? Aren't they at $125 million? I mean, I know they want to get up to $200 million, but it's like, you know, Netflix has 20 years of a head start on the other streaming services. And it's like, hey, Disney's done pretty well. Are they really going to get, are they going to get enough subscriptions to offset the hundreds of millions of dollars they might have made putting this out theatrically because it's going to go on disney plus anyway why not give it i don't understand why these big movies you don't want to get the little taste little extra all right anyway guys question is for you what do you think about the reactions we're hearing about turning red i'm encouraged by them then again it's just another day at the office for pixar apparently right i know what do you guys think about it jump down into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts all right, guys, with that down, let's move on to main topic number two. And our second main topic today gets sent to us by Box Office Fan, who writes, Well, John, Disney Plus has released an ad online, not only promoting What If, but most important, the ad more or less confirms that the shield on the Doctor Strange 2 poster is Captain Carter. Marvel is giving Captain Carter a comic book also, as well as an action figure, so they are really promoting her. John, what do you think of Disney more or less confirming Captain Carter in a Disney Plus ad? All right, thanks for sending that in, man. And yes, so we've been talking a lot about Doctor Strange 2 lately, and who is going to pop up in it, who isn't going to pop on uh, pop up in it. They threw gasoline on the fire when we had Patrick Stewart in there, and all of a sudden, the floodgates were opened. Anybody and everybody. Did you see what Patrick Stewart said about that? I heard something about it. What was it he specifically said? He, he was asked about... Didn't uh, he, like, kind of... Yeah, he was, asked, he was asked it? about his voice being in the Doctor Strange trailer, and he's like, ugh, people have been trying to imitate my voice for 60 years. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's nothing new. Yeah. I'm like, that's hilarious. That was great. And so, but then it's everybody. So it's now it's him. Then a lot of people thought it was Deadpool. It's Ryan Reynolds is not in this movie. Then some people are wondering if it's Wolverine. Then is, is Mr. Fantastic going to show up and, and all that kind of stuff. But within the poster, there is one shard of the broken glass where you can clearly see. I dismissed it at first, but 
some people pointed out and Ray pointed out too, it is clear as day. Captain Carter's shield is, is clearly visible. It doesn't have to be interpreted as there. That's Captain Carter's shield. Well, now Disney's official Italian branch put out a post on social media. You can see it here. And basically what it reads is this. You see a big picture of Captain Carter there. And it says, it seems that shield has apparent... Uh, sorry, let me try this again. It, it seems that shield has appeared recently someplace. Don't you think it's madness? So basically what they've done here is like Disney has basically just come out and confirmed for us that yes, 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 Captain Carter is going to be in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which is, it's clever. They're using it. They're using multiple layers of their marketing machine to tell the story. That's great. I have no problem with that. So she's going to be there. Here's the question. Uh, Atwell, Haley, no, is it? Uh, Haley Atwell. Haley yeah. Atwell, who's been playing Agent Carter from the beginning. Is she going to be our Captain Carter in this? Are they going, I mean, obviously she can't buff up like that. Like that's just inhuman. But are they going to bodysuit her, CGI her? I mean, I don't know. Is Haley Atwell going to be Captain Carter? Will they find another actress, maybe a female athlete with with maybe that has body proportions like that? No. It has to be Haley Atwell. Well, remember, it is from a different reality. They can look different. So because it is from a different reality, oh, so she no. can look. Even though Haley Atwell is the one who did the voice of Captain Carter in the thing there, or or is Captain Carter looking like Bolo Young over here? Or do they Roger Rabbit this shit and actually have an animated Captain Carter? I'm not saying they are. I'm just throwing out some possible some possibilities here. Rob, they basically just confirmed that, yeah, that is Captain Carter Shield. She's going to be in there. How do you think they're going to do it? Well, first of all, I, I, I want to I, I think I read something about there being an animated <laughs> sequence in this movie. Like I don't know if I it. I did not read that. I don't know if I did that or maybe I dreamt it. I don't I you know I I scour the internet so much I don't even know what's real anymore. Half the things I read I must have ma imagined. But I could see doing a Pink Floyd the Wall like animation sequence in this movie cuz cuz why not? It is a multiverse of madness after all. But no, it's got to be Haley Atwell. Come on, dude, you can't bring back Captain Carter not have Agent Carter be Captain Carter. Why would you do that? I mean, he she found love with Steve Rogers at the end of Endgame. Spoiler alert. Come on. I, I look, I'm not disagreeing with you. Plus, she's so I'm just yes, saying, you are, John. <laughs> I'm just Plus, saying. She's, she's a British hottie, dude. Come on now. But she's great. I love her. Actually, I love the Who doesn't the, love I love her? the uh the Agent Carter show. I love that. But I'm just saying, Marvel has already established that different versions of these characters can look completely different. I mean, just look at the Loki series. It's true. Right? And she is not gonna look like Captain Carter unless they find a way to do it. So maybe they find some kind of way to amp up the physicality because you can't just have her show up in the suit and not be incredibly bulked up because in what if they constantly made references to what a brick house that it's like true she but maybe into, right? she did she's a brick uh, house. but come on but do they do that or, or she's letting it all hang they, out yeah could I, they go in the with the realm of of uh animation i mean that would seem that would seem something like it would have fit in a loki series that if that an animated version of the character show up, I don't know if it fits into something like Doctor. I don't Strange. know. I think if she's in it, she's going to look great. I think she's going to be buff because I think she probably hit the gym. 
I think we're going to see Haley Atwell play. Eight inches, though. We're going to see her. <laughs> we're going to see her. She's going to. Uh, hey, man, the magic of movies. Hobbits. Can, uh, I'm Hobbits not disagreeing with short. you. I'm, I'm just trying to play devil's advocate. No, here. she's going to be in it, and she's going to be Captain Carter, and she's going to look great. I can't wait. All right. We'll, we'll there find out. Question is for you guys. What do you think about this? Apparently, Disney is now confirming that Captain Carter will be in it with a little bit of tongue-in-cheek stuff going on there. What do you think? Is she actually going to be there? And if so, how do you think she's going to do it? Are they going to have her bulked up in a bodysuit? Are they going to have another actress play the character? Do you think they could do what maybe is unthinkable and have her as an animated character? Doesn't seem like that fits the tone of Doctor Strange, but it's one of the possibilities on the table. What do you guys think about that? Jump down into the comments section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, let's move on to main topic number three, shall we? And our third main topic today gets sent to us by Lucas Cambites, who writes... Hey, John and crew, I just saw that Elizabeth Olsen's Portuguese voice dub actress, Mariana Torres, took to her Instagram story, <laughs> pardon me, and shared a picture in studio with Manolo Ray, who happens to do the Portuguese voice dubbing for Tobey Maguire. He was also wearing a shirt with the three Spider-Men on it. She captioned, the, she captioned the photo with, good things are coming. Do you think this could be any indication that Toby's Spider-Man will pop up again for another surprise cameo? All right. And this comes to us uh, from, again, Lucas, who wrote that in. All right. Here's the thing. So this is actually something that kind of popped up a couple of weeks ago. I paid no attention to it, but for some reason, like last night, I had about four or five different people write in about this. So here's the basic gist. The basic idea is that the actress who does the Portuguese voice dub for Wanda put up a picture of herself in studio with the actor, Manolo Ray, who does the voice dubbing for Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man, wearing a T-shirt, which you can see here, of the three Spider-Men, with the caption, good things are coming. Now, with all the speculation and all the rumors and all the, the you know, basically a, a spinning ball lottery right now about who's going to cameo in Doctor Strange 2, it is, when you see this picture, it is understandable that a lot of people would go, well, does this mean that Tobey Maguire is in Doctor Strange 2 in the Multiverse of Madness? I mean, we don't see Tobey Maguire, but it is the guy who does the voice for Tobey Maguire. He's wearing a Spider-Man shirt. They're in studio. And listen, would it make sense that if you go to Tobey Maguire and say to him, hey, listen, we're doing this new Spider-Man movie and we have this vision for having all three of you there. Can we entice you back in? Can you get back into fighting shape? All this kind of stuff. Is it really terribly irrational to think that when they went to him with that, they actually went with him with a pitch for a couple of movies to say, well, now that we have this established that you are a different universe's version of Spider-Man, and now we're going into a movie called The Multiverse of Madness, which they've always said is some way, shape, or form connected to Spider-Man No Way Home, is it really that unbelievable to think 
that Tobey Maguire could indeed be one of the characters that pops up in the Multiverse of Madness. And I would submit to you, it's not. Now, one of the things that I should uh, point out is the fact that this guy, this Manolo Ray, he is not only a voice actor, apparently, what, I, what a number of people wrote into me is that he is also a voiceover director. So he's also a guy who will be there in the booths with voice actors, and he'll be hired by studios to direct the performances for that. So there's a very good possibility here that this is simply her going in to do the voice for Wanda, and he's the director in studio working with her. So, I mean, I don't have any definitive information on this. Obviously, we only have what is sitting here. But, Rob, you're seeing all this. What do you think is going on here? Do you think there's a possibility? Do you think it's within the realm of possibility to think that Andrew, not Andrew Garfield, sorry, that Tobey Maguire could indeed be popping up in this and we just got a picture of the two people doing the Portuguese voices for him? Do you think he won't pop up? What do you think we're looking at in this picture? There's a lot of questions here. How do you see it? What actor who has played a superhero in the MCU has ever been signed to just one movie? Quicksilver. Aaron Taylor Johnson. Uh, okay. Good. That's, that's a good one. But, the, but that doesn't count because the character died. So I guess that right. doesn't really what? count. If, so, so if you're, I would imagine that you're making a movie where you're establishing in the MCU that a multiverse exists. There are two different Spider-Mens in addition to Tom Holland that we see. You're following it up with a movie called Multiverse of Madness that's directly tied to this film. I know for a fact, because I was at Manhattan Beach Studios last year, that they were doing reshoots for both Doctor Strange and Spider-Man, No Way Home, around the same time. <clears throat> I didn't see anybody when I was there, even though but the studio was working. I think that it is a very good possibility that we might see the Spider-Man again. You think that we could see all three? You're not just saying Tobey Maguire. You're speculating that we could see all three of them in here. Well, again. I mean, if you think about it, like we might not see Tom Holland, right? Because Doc, Stephen Strange wouldn't know who he is. But but in terms of he, he's not going to forget about uh, if, if there is a multiverse rip and things are going badly for everybody. You know, you have those Spider-Man show up and go, what did you do, Strange? You pulled us into your universe, and now our universes are falling apart or whatever. I don't, I'm not saying they're going to be main characters, but it would make sense. I, especially now, you, you, even, even, even now, it doesn't take a lot to get somebody to shoot a cameo or a sequence. They can shoot that and put it in the movie, especially they've now had... We're now into the third month, December, January, February, of watching Spider-Man No Way Home is still in theaters making money. Third place. I mean, if third place. Still I, in third. I don't think if you called up Tobey Maguire and, and, uh, and Andrew Garfield and said, hey, you know, Andrew, you're on the award circuit. You're in L.A. You're doing all kinds of promotion for all the movies that you're in. Tick, tick, boom. And and uh, Eyes of Tammy Faye, whatever. You want to come down to the studio? We got a little scene we'd love you to do. And here, here's a million dollars. Like, whatever. I mean, <laughs> you don't think that they wouldn't do that? I, I, I think that depending on what it is, I wouldn't be surprised. Well, the question isn't really, is it something they would do? The question is, is it something Kevin Feige would do? I think he absolutely, because this is absolutely because they actually have a reason in terms of cameoing, yeah. that we, we've seen that whatever happens, it, it, Doctor Strange caused them to come into our universe and caused them to leave the universe, which yeah. could be part of the reality. What does Mordo say? 
you know, you you you're, you're going to pay for meddling with what? What is the actual line? Your desecration. Of, your of, desecration. That's it. Desecration. To not go unpunished. Yeah, and you think that you think that that I mean, they would be the first people that I would think would cameo in this movie, because they actually already have been affected by it. So here's a question: Did this young lady just out? that Tobey Maguire is going to be in the movie <laughs> or 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 is it a, a more innocent explanation that he is just the director in there right now or and can both be true okay here's another thing I think both could be true they did it on purpose I hard think, to imagine they, they didn't I think now that look how much speculation when you have Jimmy Kimmel talking to Andrew Garfield about tick tick boom and Jimmy Kimmel's like come on you're in the new Spider-Man movie, aren't you? And they do that bit. The whole idea of them lying to the audience has now become a fun marketing tool. You know, I, it, they're, they're so far ahead of us. They know exactly what they're doing. They release this. It's fun. And the, fa the fact that fans have picked up on this, that it's a topic on this show. Now, how many people are going to go look for this picture right now? And, yeah. And they are they're like, dude, this is free marketing that keeps the talk going. We're how many? We're, we're in, it's February. This movie doesn't open until May. And we're, how, we talk about this movie every day on this show. I mean, talk about where's our Disney shill checks? Come yeah. on, man. I think Bob Chapek held them up. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm waiting, John. I'm waiting. I mean, I'm trying to move. I could use some money. All the Hot Toys figures they're going to put out from this movie, somebody's got to give There's going to be cash. a lot of Hot Toys figures. I, I, I got to ask Ray. Ray, no. I, I just want to know, what do you, do you think, do you think that it's possible we could see a Tobey Maguire? I mean, let, let's not even say all three Spider-Man. Let's just stick with Tobey Maguire for a second. Do you think it's possible we could see Tobey Maguire in no. Doctor Strange? No. You're going on the no I'm train. going 100% no. Just because I just feel like, I just feel like he's gonna he's gonna be in something, but not Doctor Strange. I Doctor just Strange is starting to feel crowded. It's not only that, but I just like there's a a lot more other characters I would rather see in Doctor Strange that would impact the MCU more than just a cameo from. Mm, well, Mark. that's true too. But they, that could be the kickoff point where they like you guys you screwed this up. Yeah. You are what would Spider Man do? If his universe was falling apart, if he had a way to get over and, and say, you you fix this, Stephen Strange. Well, guys, question is for you. What do you think we're looking at here? Are we looking at a picture of truly the voice actors of these things? Did we just get told that Tobey Maguire is going to be in it? Maybe a lot of you guys already suspected he would. Maybe it's as innocent as a voice actor and a voice director. Whatever you guys think, jump down into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Guys, we want to take just a minute and thank the sponsor of this video, Masterclass. Masterclass is offering classes on a wide variety of topics, like all taught by world-class masters at the absolute tops of their field. Each class is broken down out into individual video lessons, usually like around 10 minutes or so long, and members can explore at their own pace. And each class is supported by downloadable materials, lessons, recipes, or more that you can all find at masterclass.com. For example, are you into streaming? Well, you can take the Building Your Streaming class taught by ninjas so you can sharpen up on your streaming skills. Or if you're interested in independent filmmaking, take independent filmmaking from Academy Award winner Spike Lee. You want to get classes on how to direct? How about from Ron Howard? The very first one I personally looked up and got into was Business Leadership by the great Big Papa Iger, Bob Iger himself. And I was absolutely 
enthralled with it. I love every single minute of this stuff. If any of those apply to you, you need to try Masterclass. So I highly recommend that you check it out. Get unlimited access to every Masterclass. And as a John Campy Show viewer, you get 15% off an annual membership. Go to masterclass.com slash Campia. Once again, to get 15% off your annual membership, go to masterclass.com slash Campia. And a big thank you to the folks at Masterclass for supporting and sponsoring the John Camp Show. Guys, seriously, I spent some time more last night going through even more classes on there last night. It's an amazing service. Give it a shot. Masterclass, make sure you use that promo code. And thank you again to Masterclass for making this video possible. Okay, guys. With that down, let's move on to main topic number four. And our fourth main topic today gets sent in to us by Digital and Digital writes, Hey, John and crew. So, the UK Film Classification Board, the BBFC, has given The Batman a 15 rating and not an expected 12A, equivalent of PG-13. This has the UK theatre owners in an uproar, demanding a reclassification or to create a brand new 15A rating for the film. Ironically, the BBFC created the 12 rating in 1989 for Tim Burton's Batman as it was deemed too violent for a PG rating. What say you, John? All right, thanks a lot for sending that in, man. And yes, not only is Batman battling for the soul of Gotham City, we have movie theaters battling for the right for children to be able to come in and see the Batman. Fighting for children's rights everywhere to go and see the Batman. Now, yes, I remember this came up a couple weeks ago. It was interesting to find out that while Batman did get a PG-13 rating here in the U.S., it got a 15 in the U.K. Now, this is significant, actually. And let's jump over for a second and take a look into the Campy Classroom here about just a couple of quick things, okay? Now, I'm not from the U.K., but basically it's this. Okay, so PG... Uh, you're from a Commonwealth country. I'm, a, I'm from a Commonwealth, that's right. God save the Queen. Uh, PG-13 basically means in the U.S., anybody can go. Anybody can go. They recommend parental guidance in letting kids go or something along. What's the difference between PG and PG-13? Isn't PG-13 just kind of like a stronger warning? Like, yeah. Or just under 13, you can't get in without a parent? I can't remember it's exactly. Just, I think it's more of a warning. I think the parents buy you popcorn at PG. And then at PG-13, you can <laughs> You're go old enough to your buy your own. <laughs> I don't know. So, now, in the U.S., there's then R rating. But R rating, um, anyone can still go if they're with a parent uh, or guardian or adult or whatever, right? So an R-rated film in the U.S. doesn't mean anything. If you're 12 and you want to go see an R-rated movie, you can still get into an R-rated movie if you are with an adult. If you're with a parent or a guardian or an adult or whatever, you can still go. So an R rating in the U.S. doesn't really stop anybody from seeing the movie. Unless, you know, the kids whose parents won't take them, well, then you're kind of a little bit out of luck. Now, in the U.K., it's a little bit different because a 15 rating means this. Um, if you're under 15, you cannot get in, even with an adult. So in many ways... The 15 rating is in some ways stricter than an R rating here in the U.S. Because if you're 14 years old and there's an R-rated movie, hey, if you're B-17, 
big cousin or your dad or whatever thinks, yeah, my kid can watch Deadpool. Well, then you're able to go. A 14-year-old here can go to an R-rated movie and see a movie under a certain circumstance. But in the UK, if, you're, if it, your movie gets a 15, then you got to be over 15 to get in. Wow. 14-year-olds, 13-year-olds, you cannot come in and see this movie. So the Batman in, um, in the UK has gotten, despite the fact that it got a PG-13 here, the Batman in the UK got a 15 instead of what they were expecting it or hoping it would get, which is the lower rating. Now, this has caused a bit of a problem for movie theater owners because movie theater owners in the UK want them kiddies coming to see Batman. And they are actually, there's a movie theater chain here. Let me let me bring this up here um, in the story. Actually, did I bring up a side for this? I did. This comes to us from The Independent, who write the following. A cinema chain owner, this is in Northern Ireland, has launched a bid to overturn the 15-age rating for the new Batman movie. Michael McAdam, managing director of the movie house chain in Northern Ireland, said cinema staff had faced abuse from parents in recent years because younger teenage children are not permitted to watch movies with a 15 classification. So basically, the problem they've been having is with this 15 classification, there are some movies that parents come and drop off their kids to go see, and the theater says, no, we can't let your kids in unless you come into the movie with them. And the parents say, well, I, but I don't want to. I'm, I'm trying to get a break from my stupid kid. I don't want to come in and watch this movie with them. They're saying too bad, and they're worried about getting a lot of reactions for that for the Batman. Let's go back to the quote here. Because younger teenage children are not permitted to watch those movies with the 15 classification. He said a new 15A classification would allow parents to make the decision and accompany their children to the cinema. The 15A classification is not offered in the UK, and the British Board of Film Classifications, the BBFC, has given the Batman starring Robert Pattinson a 15 rating. So basically is this. What this movie theater chain is trying to do is get a brand new classification that doesn't exist for them. Instead of a 15, make it a 15A, which basically means if you're under 15, you can still come, but you've got to be accompanied by an adult, which basically puts it more on par with PG-13, a little bit of a mix in between an R and a PG-13. <clears throat> now, one of the other things that they point out is that if you're in Northern Ireland and you're part of the UK, there's this 15 thing. But in the Republic of Ireland, just across the border from them, they do have a 15A. So this movie theater owner is going, look, you're making it rated 15. All somebody's got to do now is drive 45 minutes across the border and they can go take their kids to go see the Batman. In another country that's right over the border, give us the ability to let parents decide to come to the movie and bring their kids with them. Because as it stands... Parents can't bring their 14-year-old to come see Batman. And the movie theaters want the parents to be, able to, be, to be able to do that. Now, before anybody jumps into the censorship argument, this is not censorship. Making no. sure parents get to decide what their kids can and cannot see is not censorship. But this is a movie that in North America has a much more lenient PG-13 rating on it. Right across the border from them, other movie theaters have 15A, which is allowing parents to bring their young teenagers. And they're just saying, we want the same shot. So this is interesting. Rob, let me ask you this. Is It made me wonder, could the MPA 
Like, is this movie, is Batman truly a movie that maybe should have gotten a rating, an R rating? And the MPA is just saying, hey, Warner Brothers is one of our founding members and they need this movie to be PG-13. I mean, could this be suggesting that either A, the UK, the UK board is just too strict? Or is it B, that the North American rating is might be a little bit too light? Like, how heavy do you think this movie could be? And do you think these movie theaters should be able to let parents come and bring their kids to it. I just, I, I have this vision of some industrious 14-year-old Northern Irish kids going, once again, we're under the jack-booted rule of our British oppressors. <laughs> and you will not deny us, Batman. Um, I, I, uh, I think that John, I wonder what Joker, what the rating Joker got. I don't know. Was it also 15? I well, it was our hero. I'm going to assume yeah, it would it have been at least 15 over there. I, I think that Probably, I think probably, maybe the the PG thirteen rating was perhaps too lenient. Uh, I don't know. Judging by the level of ferocity we've seen in the movie, I mean. By the way, I'm just going to point out that a couple of our viewers, including uh, Virtual Vince and Chazer uh, and Shamori, are both are all telling us that yes, in the UK, Joker got a fifteen rating as well. So this <clears throat> Batman movie. Is getting the same rating that the Joker movie got over there. Yeah, I mean, uh, maybe there's no blood squibs in this movie, but the violence looks pretty extreme. Yeah. So, could be. I mean, you know, what's really interesting is I think it speaks to the fact that there is a perception amongst a lot of people that these comic book characters are for kids. And when we have filmmakers like James Mangold making a Logan, or, you know, we have... Uh, Todd Phillips making Joker, and now we've got Matt Reeves making Batman, that they're taking these characters into territory that is not traditionally what we think of these characters as being in. And I, for one, as a film goer, I'm really happy about that. But, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, I, I don't necessarily think I'd want like a kid who's eight years old seeing this Batman movie. But I think that that is it r-rated i don't know i mean i have to see it first but but maybe maybe pg-13 is too lenient then again you know indiana jones and the temple of doom mola ram rips out a dude's beating heart yep you know i mean now what is it what what are How we, more graphic can you get than that what are we protecting people from i mean the thing is you know this is still a batman movie and in someone's head like if kids are going to be scarred for life by something i mean a Batman movie is different from, say, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So the intent and tone is different. I mean, in our minds, Batman's brutal, too. Like, when Batman fights dudes, he's not doing it in a nice way. He's beating the hell out of them. You know, and, and we don't expect... <laughs> he's not doing it in a nice I way. I mean, you know, when he, gets, when, he, when he fights criminals, it's not like the criminals are nice. It's such a weird thing. Like, it's a, it's a tonal issue, but what are we actually saying to kids? Like, hey, if you're 14, you can't go see this movie. But if your birthday's next week, somehow you have changed. Your mind has developed. Now that you're a 15-year-old, my God, you're a man or you're a woman and well, you can go see the Batman. we do that with driver's licenses and drinking wages and when you can go to war. I mean, there's always, there's true. always that. But here's, here's my problem with it. This is the problem I've got with this. I still want fourteen-year-olds to rise up against their British rise up against their parental oppressors. For Batman. But here's my problem with it: what I don't understand. See, here in North America, our rating means that if you're a parent, and I am not, but if you're a parent, you get to decide yes. if your kid can or cannot see that movie. 
So if you want to bring your 14 year old kid to go see Deadpool or go see, what is it called? The, what was uh, what was the Dolly Parton movie called? The Greatest Little Whorehouse in Texas, the remake. If you want to take your kid to go see that, that is your choice as a parent. We are simply giving you ratings to advise you as a parent of what you can expect in this movie. What's a whorehouse, mom? <laughs> yeah, that's a conversation they don't want to have on the drive home. So, like, I, I don't, I really, I like the idea that the movie theaters in the UK are saying, create a new classification called yeah, 15A. I agree. That a parent decides... No, I get it. For the super hardcore stuff, we got we even have a rating here, NC-17, that no, 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 we are just not letting kids, and we don't care if you're the parent or not. I get that for the most extreme circumstances. But I think these theater owners are absolutely right. For a movie like The Batman, give the parent the option to bring their kid and watch it with them. And then it's the parent's decision and the parent's responsibility. So I don't know. It, it's interesting to me. It will be very interesting to see how this kind of works out in uh, over there because obviously too there's big financial ramifications here right because you're the movie theaters you've been struggling through the pandemic thank god spider-man no way home came along but we need to follow that up now and we've got this next big movie the batman and by making it so these kids can't come unless they bring their parents with them or sorry these kids can't come at all like kids 14 and under cannot see the batman that's going to represent 15 percent of our box office right gone like that so this is pretty interesting here. If you're if you're a, a government official over there right now, do you get behind? Because it, apparently the government has to get behind this. Do you endorse the creating of a of a 15A, or do you make them reclassify to the 12A? No, I think 15A is a good compromise. If they have it in the Republic of Ireland, why not allow parents to decide? In Northern I mean, Ireland, yeah, that's what you're doing. Northern, I mean, in Northern Ireland. I no, mean, no, you're right. In yeah, Republic, Republic of Ireland, they have yeah, the 15A, 15A. In the Northern Ireland, why not? I mean, I think that allowing parents to decide, and you're talking about the difference between 14 and 15 year olds. I mean, I'll tell you something, John. The first time I saw The Exorcist, I was 13, and I was I got it on tape. I was perhaps too young to see it. It scared me even at 13. Yep. There was a reason why that movie was R-rated, and rightfully so. But the Batman, tonally, the the what what the movie's actually about, really, is a 14-year-old going to be scarred by for life for seeing this movie? I don't think so. Make it a 15A. Let parents decide. And uh, you you might stop a 14-year-old uprising in Northern, uh, Northern Ireland from uh, against <laughs> British rule. Anyway, guys, question is for you. What do you think about this situation going on over there in the UK about movie theater owners want to get a new classification? So, you know, 14, 13 kids can go and see the Batman if they come with their parents. I think it makes sense what they're trying to do. How do you guys feel about it? Jump down into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys, with that down, let's move on to main topic number five. And our fifth main topic today gets submitted to us by Dan Sokolov, who writes, Hi, John and crew. Uh, love the show. Thank you so much. It looks like the review embargo for Matt Reeves' Batman will lift on the 28th of February. Should we be worried? Given that the movie will premiere in a lot of cinemas around the world the very next day, March of 1st of March, isn't having a review embargo so close to the movie release date show a lack of faith from the studio? Thanks, and bring on the filthy. All right, Dan, thanks a lot for sending that in, man. And yeah, listen, a lot of people have been waiting. We, we covered earlier on today's show 
The first reactions coming out for Pixar's new film, Turning Red, and they're fantastic and they're great. But let's be honest, the one we're really waiting on, <laughs> the one we're really looking forward to, are the initial reactions for the new movie, The Batman. That's what we're looking for. The Batman opens on March 4th, officially, and they're now lifting the review embargo on February 28th. Does Warner Brothers forcing the critics and the pundits to hold off on revealing their reactions and their reviews for the Batman until February 28th, is this a bad sign? That maybe the Batman isn't as good as we're hoping it's going to be. That maybe this is the studio trying to hide the reviews from getting out in public. Is this something we should be worried about? And I'm going to tell you that the answer to that is no. There is nothing to be worried about here. And there's two main primary reasons why. Number one, studios releasing, lifting their embargoes is very strategic because they know when they want to have a big hit of momentum followed by the next hit of momentum, followed by the next hit of momentum. That's why they time when they release certain clips or trailers or promotional materials and when they release the review embargo. Now, I have said for years that it can be problematic when a studio holds the review embargo until the, well, it is problematic, till the day before release. Like when, I can't remember, what, there was a recent movie that just came out where like, oh my God, this movie comes out in like 12 hours and they still haven't listed the review embargo for it. I can't remember which movie it was Moonfall. now. Moonfall. <laughs> might have been Moonfall. I don't know. But but it was very, very worrying. When you have a movie that's coming out that's in like 24 hours and the reviews are still being held up, that is a red flag. Not 100% of the time. There have been a very few, but some very notable examples of when a movie lifted a review embargo like a day before and the movie actually ended up being pretty good. But I'd say 90% of the time, that when we've seen that, it's been a cause for concern. But I've always believed, and I've said this for years, as long as you lift the review embargo like a good three days, maybe sometimes even two days, a 48 hours or more, two, three days or more, I think you're okay. And the reality is the official release date is the 4th. That really means Thursday the 3rd. But still, releasing, lifting the review embargo on the 28th, I think is an okay amount of time because... To me, this is actually not a sign of concern. It's a sign of faith. They believe that the reviews are going to be so good that give it that last big push. Three or four days before the movie opens, you know, we've done the trailers, we've done the marketing, we've done the billboards. Now, let the reviews out. About three to four days before the movie comes out, they're banking on those reviews being really positive and pushing that opening weekend. Now, you brought up that there are a number of countries that it's releasing on the 1st. As far as I can tell, there's only one country that's releasing on the 1st, and I think it might be Korea. I could be wrong about that. You know what? Let me bring up uh, The Batman here and look up the release date. But I believe, if I remember correctly, there is only, uh, let's see, release. There's only one country that has it on a different date and that country is south korea on march 1st now there are four countries then releasing it on march 2nd and that's belgium france sweden and taiwan and then you're pretty much getting into the release date so i don't think that's a problem at all so the number one reason why i don't think this review embargo coming up on february 28th is something to be concerned about 
is because it is still far enough out. It's, it's not right up against the release date, and that's perfectly acceptable and not unusual. The second reason why I don't think this review embargo date is anything to be concerned about is this. If there was anything to be worried about as far as, um, you know, the word of mouth getting out about this Batman movie, if they were at all concerned in the least about, oh my gosh, this isn't a very good movie. We can't let people know. We got to hide it from people then the one thing they absolutely would not do is have a fan event where over 100,000 fans across North America are going to be able to go and see an early screening. Oh, okay, sorry, the audio went out there for a second. Again, if you thought, if they thought for one second that there was a chance that audiences would be coming out of this thing and, you know, they weren't going to like it, maybe, just maybe, they might still do a fan event, but they would put that fan event on March 3rd, the day before the movie comes out, when most people who are going to go see it opening weekend have already decided and bought their tickets or not. But the fact that you put it like three days in advance, to me, screams <clears throat> confidence in this movie. Now, that doesn't automatically... I'm not saying it is an automatic, ironclad, take-it-to-the-bank guarantee that we're going to love the Batman. This might be the worst movie of all time. It might be terrible. For all we know, it might be. I think it looks pretty good. I think we have good reason to have a lot of faith in it, but it could be terrible. But Warner Brothers clearly thinks they've got a winner on their hands. So, yeah, number one, I wouldn't be worried about the review embargo because it's not terribly unusual to have it like three or four days out, and I think that's plenty of time for a review embargo. And number two, if there was any hesitation about the quality of the Batman from Warner Brothers' perspectives... There is no way in hell they would be doing a fan event across 30 cities in North America, or maybe even more than 30 cities, on March 1st, which is where we're going to be. So I honestly, personally think we are perfectly fine. Anyway, Rob, you know, we see that the review embargo list on the 28th, 9 a.m., 9 a.m. So we're not going to have a reaction watch on it because we'll just we'll just wait an hour and talk about it on the John Campus show. But they've got the review embargo lifting on the 28th. Do you see that as any, you know, source for concern from us people who are looking forward to the Batman? <laughs> no. And I'll tell you why. They've had the cast making the rounds. There's all kinds of internet videos of interviews with the cast. Pattinson's out there on different talk shows. They're releasing Giacchino's score, pieces of score. They're releasing clips. Do you know what they're doing here? They have this fan event, and they're releasing the reviews right before the fan event. They are working us all up into a lather. We're <laughs> all, all of us that have tickets to that fan event on the 1st, we're going to get those reviews on. Remember, that fan event's Tuesday. So we're getting the, uh, the reviews are going to drop that Monday. It's basically like a howitzer. They're firing a cannon into the pop culture zeitgeist. That is going to be Batman's week. They know what they have. This is very calculated, and we're going to be armed to the gills with great reviews going in to see this movie, and by the time, I mean, I don't even know if we're going to be able to shut up enough about this movie before we, before it starts in the theater that we're even going to be able to watch it and sit quietly. We're going to be in such a frothy lather. We're going to be so excited, and they're going to use this. The entire week is going to be one giant salvo of awesome press and great word of mouth for this movie to the point of... On Friday, when it finally opens, 
everybody and their grandmothers are going to go see this movie for opening weekend, and it's going to be huge. It's going to be huge because we're going to have an entire week of all Batman all the time. And I guarantee you, from February 28th to March 4th, no one is ever going to say, Twilight Boy, ever again. <laughs> It'll be it. That'll be it. It'll be the end of that. The Twilight Boy, like Bolo Young's already tired of it. Look at him. He gets mad. Bolo gets mad when he hears the Twilight Boy. No, you're right. I think, I think this is going to forever change the perceptions of a lot of people. I think we're going to go in and see this movie. Now, look, let's be honest. This is film fandom we're talking about. That means there are some people who have already decided that the Batman isn't good. And no matter how great this movie is, they're going to come out and say it's oh, the worst thing I've ever. No matter people. what. Oh, yeah. I've talked to some of these people, too. <clears throat> and listen, and let's, the true, the same is true on the opposite side. There are some people who have already decided this is the greatest movie ever. And even if the movie ends up being a stinker, they're to come out and swear it's the greatest thing of all time. And that's unfortunate. Then there's the rest of us in the middle that we just go into it, believe it's going to be great, hope it's going to be great. And if it's bad, we come out and say it disappointed us, like I did with Uncharted. Or we're going to come out and say it lived up to everything we wanted it to be, like Uncharted did for Ray. Yeah, but then they'll accuse us of being shills for Warner Brothers. Oh, I, I, I'm, apparently we're shills for everybody, so who cares? Who cares? <laughs> I keep waiting for my one check from anyone. From any of these guys. Um, so, I, I mean, yeah, but I don't feel anything. At, I don't think there's any <clears throat> at all hesitation. And that's one of the big reasons why Batman, well, Batman has been my number one most anticipated movie of the year for a long time. Yeah. But it's all these moves they've been making that have just reinforced my faith that this movie is going to be incredible like beyond the fact that it's matt reeves directing beyond the fact that they've assembled an incredible cast beyond the fact that the trailers have looked impeccable beyond the fact that the music sounds like it's going to accompany this and elevate the imagery that we're seeing on screen besides the fact that we're getting clips of action where they actually know how to shoot it and make it feel visceral and they're not shaking the camera out. we're going to be in the action and be able to see all the action beyond all of that warner brothers and they don't always do this Warner Brothers has made this mistake many times. But in this case, Warner Brothers has done everything to show us and to tell us we believe 100% in this movie. And we believe you will too. So, Ray, I know it's three hours, but come on. Where's, where's your anticipation level up right now? I say there's two things that you don't want to hear while you're watching this Batman movie, if you're sitting right next to me. I don't you don't want to hear from you. <clears throat> Quiet. <laughs> or you don't want to hear me just laughing like the whole time. Those are the two things you don't want to hear from me. But you know what? I, I'm excited. It's it's almost like the last uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. During the last week, like my excitement just kind of like mellowed out. Like, you know what I mean? Because it's coming out so soon. Like the same thing happened with Spider-Man. So I'm just... I'm just waiting for it. We'll see what happens. Well, what's going to be funny is a week from Today. well, yesterday's show, we will be able to talk about the first reviews of Batman before we go see the and film. And I, yeah. I, I did notice a lot of people asking for that reaction watch. Well, yeah, and again, like, but, I would love to do reaction watch, but the problem is, unlike Spider-Man No Way Home, where the, the reaction embargo lifted at like 9 or 10 p.m. at night, the reaction embargo lifts at 9 a.m. in the morning, which is only one hour before the John Campia show. So we're just going to, instead of doing reaction watch at 9 and then the John Campia show at 10, we're just going to incorporate 
you know, we're going to talk about the first reactions for, for the Batman on uh, the John Campion show that day. Let me ask you, John, I don't know the answer to this question. When you look at reviews, <clears throat> when they come out, where are your go-to, where are your first reviewers that you read? Like, what venues? Do you go to Hollywood Reporter? Do you go to Variety, Rolling Stone, Forbes? Where do you go? When to? I'm looking for the first ones coming out, um, none of them, because I don't know when they're going to drop them. Because quite <laughs> often, when a review embargo drops, like, first of all, when you get like the effing nobodies like me on YouTube and, and the little website outlets and stuff like that. Like we still erroneously think there's some big value in being first. And so right. the nobodies like me, uh, they'll be the runs to rush that at 9 a.m. and zero seconds. Boom. Your review goes up. A lot of times, though, things, places like Ford and, and Variety and The Hollywood Reporter, like their review will go up. But, you know. 9 30 9 20 maybe maybe even 11 a.m they'll, they'll post their review up so when there's a big anticipated movie like this i basically just camp on twitter because you know i follow like the the the, the sources and the outlets i'll be looking i'll keep an eye on also my rss feed i'll keep really close on my rss feed and see who's putting out the reviews first and then i'll get around now if it's if i forgot about it and then the next day comes along well, then, yes, the first ones I go to are usually the primary sources. I'll, I'll check out Variety's review. I'll check out the Hollywood Reporters. I'll check out The Wrap. I'll check out uh, Empire. I'll check out Joe Blow. I really like Joe Blow's reviews. Yeah. I'll check out Coming Soon. I'll check out, you know, I'll check out. Those would be the first ones to go to. Otherwise, when the big things are dropping, like the Batman, I'll just read them as they start coming out. I'll read them in that order. And another thing we should re remind people of, they've already been showing this movie to reviewers. Yes. It's being shown... Uh, Jimmy Kimmel saw it last week. So they've been showing this movie to people. They haven't been hiding it. So, I mean, they've kept the embargo on, but people have seen this movie. Well, I got to unfortunately to that, there have been movies that I have seen three weeks in advance and then found out that the review embargo didn't lift to the day before the movie came out. So that... That's not how early they show the critics is not really an indicator. Well, no, but I mean, if, they're not when they lift the embargo and let them talk about yeah, it. Yeah, but they're not hiding it. You know, no, they're, no, they're, no. They're not keeping the it under the rug. Then Warner Brothers already knows. It's not. They're not stupid. No, they know. <laughs> they know. They know. They got it. The question will be, how big of an opening will it be? Right. Will it be 80 million? Like Forbes put out an article the uh, like last week that said they believe the Batman is going to open to 80 million. I think that's preposterous. Yeah, you too. I, 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 now maybe I got carried away when I was thinking 190 might be on the table. Maybe I got carried. Maybe, maybe it's not going to be that high. But I think 80 is preposterous. I think it's good. Look, if Uncharted can make <laughs> 50, the Batman can easily clear 100. 130. 130. You're baby. going with 130 on yeah. this? 130. Going 135. Rob, where are you sitting at right now? Go, you know, I said Spider Man, No Way Home was going to be. What one fifty? I, I think this. I'll 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 go to I'll go up to one fifty on this. I'm gonna back off my one ninety, but not by much. I'm gonna go one seventy. So maybe I'm being overly optimistic here, but I'm I'm gonna sit on one seventy for right now on that. But yeah, again, back to the original question. I don't think there's anything to be worried about. Sure, it's the day before it opens in a couple of countries. That's not terribly unusual. You usually gauge the review embargo lift by when it opens in the US. And in this case, it's a number of days before the film opens, and that's not terribly unusual, and it's not bad. Looking in the live chat, a lot of guys are saying 150. We got Ethan's Tech World saying 185. 
Uh, William, four eighty. <laughs> William is 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 smoking something because Williams is saying it's going to be fifty million. I think that's insanity. Uh, I am who knocks is, is saying one sixty. Justin Modi is going really high, is saying two hundred million. Uh, Remember, it's three hours long. Yeah, yeah, it is three hours I took long. That in account, three hours long. Uh, but then again, how how long was Spider Man No Way Home? It wasn't Long. terribly short of three hours. I mean, it was short of three hours, but it wasn't terribly short of three hours. And it made, what was its final tally? Like 260-something opening weekend? Like mind-blowing, mind-numbingly big numbers? It's crazy. So, I don't know. I don't expect the Batman will make as much as Spider-Man. For, and no. we've, we've listed all the reasons why many yeah, times. Yeah. But I still think it'd be a massive hit. Anyway, guys, question is for you. What do you think about... The Batman and the review embargo. Are you worried? Do you think that maybe Warner Brothers is trying to hide the reactions for the Batman? If so, why do you think they're doing a fan event on March 1st? I don't know. How are you guys feeling about it? Where do you think this thing is going to fall? Jump on down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, we're going to move into talking about uh, the main uh, the issues and, and topics and live comments and questions that you guys have been sending in here. But before we do, let's take one last break here and thank another sponsor of today's episode of the John Campus Show, the great folks over at Keeps. Hey guys, we want to take a minute and thank the sponsor of today's video, the good folks at Keeps. Now look, you guys probably already know that two out of every three men will experience some form of hair loss by the time they're just 35 years old. Now that's where Keeps comes in because Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors. That means the guys that use it love it. Keeps offers a simple, affordable, and stress-free way to keep your hair. It's also low cost. Treatments start as low as just $10 per month, and Keeps offers generic versions for the two FDA-approved medications to prevent hair loss. That means treatment plans are affordable, typically half the cost of pharmacy prices. Keeps has everything your hair needs delivered straight to your door with discreet packaging and proven results. Remember, prevention is the key. Treatments can take four to six months to see results, so the sooner you act, the better. When it comes to your hair, save more, spend less with Keeps. So if you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to Keeps, that's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash Campia to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's Keeps, K-E-E-P-S dot com slash Campia to get your first month free. Keeps dot com slash Campia. And thank you again to the good folks at Keeps for making this video of the John Campia Show possible by being one of our sponsors. We appreciate you guys. All right. With that down now, guys, let's move over and start taking your live comments and questions, shall we? We're going to start things off here with uh, a Brushin Ryu Cat just sent a super chat patch to be supportive. Thank you. Casey Mack writes, turning red, getting good reactions. That's a great shame that we can't see this thing in a, in a movie theater, though. It's it's outrageous. It's It really is. I, I just cannot understand the boneheaded idiocy of the people over at Disney sometimes. Now, I'm a big Disney fan. Like, please keep that in mind. I am a big Disney fan. I really am. But it, it's always, like, I never get shocked or surprised when dumb people do dumb things. That's fine. But it's a big deal to me when really smart people do really stupid things. That's a big thing to me. And there are some great smart people over at Disney. When I see them do idiot things like this, it just really makes me question reality, Rob. All right, next up. Anish writes, one of two. 
I enjoyed No Way Home, but I would have liked to have seen the MCU's version of Doc Ock and Green Goblin. I love Catherine Hahn's portrayal of Doc Ock in the Spider-Verse. Well, she just went into a sound booth and voiced it for a bit. It's not really her, Doc Ock. Anyway, uh, I think... Uh, comic book characters deserve new interpretations from different creators in live action just as much as it occurs in comics. As much as I enjoyed the Fox X-Men, I hope the MCU has new actors for those characters. And by the way, Anish sent in like $20 and $30 uh, in those to support us. Thank you so much for that, Anish. Now listen, I listen. I am normally 100% with you on that. Right? If it's a new iteration, make it a new iteration. Bring in uh, new actors, bring in new people to fill it, give us a new version of the character. <clears throat> but the narrative that they were going for in Spider-Man No Way Home called for the Spider-Men we knew to kind of pop up in there. And it doesn't happen often. It's pretty rare that they do this. So while I'm normally with you on that initiative, I think this was a good example of a really good exception to that. I know, Rob, how do you feel about that? No, I, I agree. I mean, it, 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 it was the story that they were telling. That's not to say that we won't see an MCU version of Green Goblin or Doc Ock, but in this particular story, leading into now multiple movies, like with Multiverse of Madness, it, is, it was the tale that they were going to tell, and part of the joy and fun of this movie was bringing these actors back to play these roles again. That was all part of the fun. Now, I agree, seeing new iterations of these characters and, and, and bringing them into the MCU, that's a cool thing to do. And I think maybe we will see that in the future at some point. But for right now, I think the story they told, it was well served by doing what they did. Well said. All right, next up, we got Out of Time Rights. One year ago today, we got one of the best villain reveals ever, ever Agatha all along. That's, <laughs> listen, everything about WandaVision is so great. I, I still think easily the best Disney Plus uh, Marvel show that they've done. I, everything, I was just enthralled with it week after week after week. And I was one of the deniers. I thought it was too obvious. Agatha is too obvious. They're not going to do, it's not, she's not going to be Agatha. It's just too obvious. They wouldn't be giving all these obvious hints. But what I forgot to take into consideration was 90% of the people watching this have never heard of Agatha. Right. And then turned out it was <coughs> Agatha all along. And that whole music number was great. All right, next up, Andy writes, one of four. Uh, we'll be celebrating my birthday throughout game week, uh, game starting week? with The Godfather, 50 years. That's right. I cannot wait to go see Godfather. This Friday, never seen The Godfather before. Oh, dude, Andy, you're in for a treat. I've never seen it on the big screen, but you are you're literally about what a lot Just of cinephiles call the greatest film of all time. People need to understand, though, it's more like a novel unfolding. It's not some gangster thriller where everyone's using Tommy guns to mow a bunch of oh, folks no. down. Yeah, no. You it's know? a story. It's a story. And again, like I said, a lot of cinephiles consider this to be the greatest movie ever made. So you're in for a treat. Anyway, uh, then comes the Batman fan screening on March 1st, my actual birthday. That's a good birthday present for you, Andy. Then I'm watching the Batman again on Thursday and Friday that week to be followed the next day uh, by... Uh, hot pot with my friends, no work on Friday and Monday for a four day weekend. So I'll end my glorious birthday week of that sat Sunday, supporting my favorite local business, the local strip club <laughs> to prepare <laughs> for Sunday and fully enjoy myself. I got myself the Manscaped performance package. Yeah. Performance, baby. That's right. Perform. Take care of yourself. Gentlemen, performance package is using the Campia code. I'll bring on the filthy. Well, good on you for that. And, and listen, that is a great birthday week. 
You're going to see the Godfather on the big screen. You're going to see the Batman multiple times. You're taking care of the boys with Manscaped. I mean, that's the way to do it. And, you know, seriously, it sounds like you've got a great week planned for yourself. <laughs> I, I hope come? we all enjoy the Batman. <laughs> Ray saying, can I come? I hope we all enjoy the Batman. I know you're going to love the Godfather. So have a great week, man. And in, in advance, happy birthday to you, man. May you have a great year ahead of yourself, Andy. All right. Uh, ir- tip your strippers. <laughs> ir- ir- Gio Riggio <laughs> writes, Yesterday I wrote about uh, me seeing Batman in in screen X. It's three big screens, so it gives a big panoramic view. Not sure if that's what you thought it was. Well, I know I don't know what screen X is because I've never been in one. Yeah, I have no I mean, idea. apparently it's a regal thing. I don't. I, I I've seen it, but I'm like to me, I don't know if it appeals to me because like like they open up the screen and they add more. I I yeah, I don't know. So I'm not sure. Like even like the Cinerama Dome. In the arc, like I didn't even love watching movies in there. Like I love the theater, Dude. but the screen, well, like it, it does distort the image. It does, and and, and, and I don't dig that. When so they much. put digital projection in there for Force Awakens, they spent like almost a million dollars. It looked fantastic, though, because what happens with the curved screen is that it actually it, the light would would wash out either sides of the screen would sometimes wash out the middle because it's reflecting light but they fixed that with laser projection all right next up we've got mr missileplex writes i don't know if you've watched the lord of the rings super fans video uh put up by amazon regarding the show maybe rob has your excitement will go down significantly for it i have no idea what we're talking about yeah i don't know i haven't seen i mean i know that there's been a lot of talk about this show since they released the trailer but i have not seen the super fans video i don't know what that no. is it, it might be the same thing that they did with like the reactions like marvel put together a clip of all the people reacting to was it infinity war or endgame well they they've and done they, it for several of their movies a, yeah as a trailer or something yeah it could so, be something like that uh all i know is i i don't give a flying shit what anybody else thinks about it I, like <laughs> no no anybody else of my fellow losers on youtube are going to deter my enthusiasm for this this show i think this show is going to be the greatest thing to come out on tv this year i mean it might be garbage when i see it but my i have as much hope in it I have as much belief in this as I do in uh, the Batman. I really do. Like the Batman, my number one most anticipated on the big screen. The Lord of the Rings, number one most anticipated on the small screen. I think this show is going to be awesome. Uh, maybe it won't. Then again, I you know <clears throat> I thought Uncharted was going to be Halo. awesome. Halo. <clears throat> Halo. Yeah, then of course is the other most anticipated is Halo. All right. Next up, we've got uh, Anish writes. Have you all seen the recent interviews with Matt Reeves? He's not as well-known as Nolan and Villeneuve, but uh, seems like a very meticulous and cerebral director. Y'all are so lucky to see Batman so early. I haven't seen any of the recent interviews with him, um, but I've seen many interviews. I've interviewed Matt Reeves before, um, and he is. He is a meticulous, cerebral. He approaches his filmmaking on an intellectual level. He thinks he makes his films. I said this once before. He makes his films like a chess player. He's thinking six moves ahead. He always he knows exactly where he wants everything to go. And everything is about the viewer's experience of what he's putting on screen. And that's one of the reasons like, look, obviously, I wanted Ben Affleck directing Batman. But if it can't be Ben Affleck, I've always said Matt Reeves is a great guy to do it instead. I'm he's one of the reasons I'm excited about. What do you think? Look, me too. I mean, I'm a fan of what he did with the Planet of the Apes films. Um, uh, uh, Judging from the clips that we've seen from the film, especially, I know I keep harping on this, but what I saw with that Catwoman clip and the fight scene and the way Batman handled himself, I'm like, okay, this guy, he has a vision. 
and he's implemented that vision. And and just judging from even Batman's the Batmobile flying out of the flaming, you know, following the penguin in the trailers, I'm like, okay, this guy knows what he's doing. And we're getting a Batman like we've never seen on screen before. And I'm so there for it, John. I can't wait. All right. Next up, we got John Farag writes, hey, y'all. Uh, Uncharted was a pleasant experience for three reasons. Number one, my 11-year-old had a great time. Number two, the popcorn was perfect. And number three, no Nickelback songs. <laughs> um, All and, good and, you know, reasons. That's the funny thing. You know, this is the great thing about movies is that everybody watches a movie and then has a different experience with it than the person next to them. You know, we went to go see Uncharted. Ray liked it, but Chris, me, and Rob were disappointed with it. Like, I thought it had some good things in it, but I overall was disappointed. But other people have watched it and had a good time. And we're hearing from a lot of our viewers who watched Uncharted and had a good time with it. And that's one of the best things. And whatever your reasons are, John, that you enjoyed it, whether it was the popcorn or your 11-year-old, the bottom line is all that matters is did you have a good time? Who cares what the reasons were? And if you did, that's a win. All right. Next up, uh, we've got John Redcorn who writes, Do you think since uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson is Sony's Craven, that will decrease the chances of him coming back as Quicksilver? Yes. Do I think it eliminates the chances of him coming back as Quicksilver? No, I don't think it eliminates it. Uh, I think they can make him up to look a little bit different. Um, I mean, but it is a hindrance. It, it is it is an obstacle. Like, for instance, they're, they're going to have a problem right now with Mahershala Ali. Because if they say, now you know what I believe. I don't believe that they're going to say, that the Netflix MCU stuff is actually canon. I think this is a new version of Kingpin. I think this is a new version of uh, Matt Murdock, all that kind of stuff. But otherwise, they're facing a problem. Because why does Blade look so familiar? Like Luke Cage ever going to come across Blade and say, hey, didn't didn't you die, Cottonmouth? Didn't you die? I mean, so uh, well. but, but it's, not, it's not something they can't get around. Right. It, it's a hindrance. It's an obstacle, but not something that's impossible. No, look, I mean, I, I hark back to the original Star Trek. I mean, William Campbell played Koloff in, in uh, the Squire of Gothos. I mean, uh, Koloff in Trouble with Tribbles. And he played Trelane in Squire of Gothos. Two antagonists from two different episodes, two different seasons. And no one said, hey, that's the same actor. Yeah. You don't think that Mahershala Ali is a little different? Well, I guess a major character because I, you know, he's an Academy this, Award. Yeah, yeah, a couple of Academy you Awards. Know. But somebody pointed this out to me once, like Law and Order has run forever. But somebody gave me this list of like four different actors who have been a guest star on Law and Order over the years in multiple different episodes as different characters. So you can get away with it, although that's a side guest character, unlike, say, a Mahershala Ali. But. Listen, as and an who's to say Mahershala Ali's character that, that Blade isn't a distant relative? His uh, name is Blade Cottonmouth. Oh, well, I mean, Cottonmouth, they're, they're all <laughs> nicknames anyway. They could, they could, you know, maybe their parents they're hail family. from the same area. They have a family. family. Distant relations could I be. I love it. All right. Uh, but yes, I do think it hurts the chances of him coming back, but it doesn't eliminate them. It doesn't make, make it impossible. All right, next up, Kevin Joyce writes, I'm not particularly worried about the review embargo date. I think the I think the early fan screenings are better bellwether for Warner Brothers level of confidence. Absolutely. Because Warner Brothers is going to be more concerned about what 100,000 fans taking to social media and talking about than they are about 100 film critics the day before, right? They clearly are very, very comfortable with this movie. And uh, let's see if we agree with them when we see it, Kevin. All right, next up. 
Thanos writes, Marvel should get every actor from any past movie, regardless of the universe, to say they're in Doctor Strange 2. Create the ultimate chaos. That's brilliant. <laughs> to pull pull thing like the end of Spartacus. They're trying to figure out who's Spartacus, and all of them say, I am Spartacus. Just get it, get on the phone. Kevin Feige, get on the phone with every actor who's been in a Fox X-Men movie, who's been in a Sony Spider-Man movie, who's been in, in any of the Netflix stuff, who's been in any anything, and, and Norin, get publicly and say, hey, you're getting a call, Norin. Call 91-year-old Gene Hackman. 91-year-old Gene Hackman. He comes out and says, I'm coming out of retirement. Yeah, for this movie. I'm just in. Get everybody to say it, and it'll cause ultimate chaos, and we'll never see who's actually in it. We'll never guess who's actually in it. That's actually <laughs> a really good idea, man. I like your thinking, Thanos. All right, Casey Mack writes, I feel like every day we get a rumor of who will be in Doctor Strange. <laughs> yeah, we absolutely do. Here's a question. Who will not be in Doctor Strange? My bet is on anyone from D.C. Well, listen, there's somebody in the room who doesn't even really agree with you there because Rob thinks there's a chance. There's a, there's a chance. Just saying, The Flash and Aquaman were on the set of Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Yo, can you say a few more lines? Uh, roll, roll. Today Rolling. will be uh, Rob's last show. <laughs> I, I mean, listen, so, okay, but in honesty, who... Try to be serious about the question. Who in the MCU can we say with fair certainty probably won't be there? Who's an MCU regular that we can say, well, we feel pretty damn confident that that guy won't be there? Tony Stark. Robert Downey Jr.'s Tony Ronnie, Stark. Robert Downey Jr.'s Tony Stark. Mm -hmm. See, I, I think that's possible. I think I think as 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 unlikely as it is, I think it is possible however unlikely that robert downey jr could make a cameo black in this. widow scarlett johansson someone that's said, not bad someone said roadie that's what i was going to say that mine was going to say if you want a, an mcu regular who i think it's a fairly damn good chance he won't pop up in this i was going to say war machine maybe terrence howard will show up oh my god could you imagine if oh. they had a roadie variant played by Terrence Howard, I would love Dude, that. Dude, I would love it. That would be amazing. I would love it if they did that. And you know what? I wouldn't put it past Kevin Feige. I mean, listen, there are some burnt bridges there. I mean, like yeah. the 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 it was not an amicable, friendly parting of ways between uh, him and Disney, like at all. It was it was very public. He's he's been very public about it. it that's still very much a sore spot for him. But if Kevin Feige was able to be like the ultimate diplomat and get on the phone last year and say, "Hey, look, Terrence, we've always felt bad about how things ended. Look, we've got this movie coming out, and we'd like you to be Rhodey again." And he popped up in there as a that would be amazing. I've never thought about that. That's a great idea. I'll stick. I will stick with Rhodey as the one guy that probably. Okay, won't be let's there. go even further. Okay, Edward Norton. Well, Ray brought that up a second ago. But oh, that good. was just a joke. <laughs> oh, good. well, I don't know. I don't know. Edward I, Norton I don't. as a Doctor Banner variant. I mean, he's actually, you know, same kind of situation with Terrence Howard. Man, I won't. I wouldn't even put Agent Coulson off the books. Oh no. Clark Gregg popping up as an Agent Coulson? I, I I mean, it's hard to imagine who would be completely out of bounds. Wait, did you say Eric Bana, too? Yeah. Eric Bana? Eric Bana? Nick Nolte? <laughs> I don't know. All right, we got to keep going here. Next, I love the idea, though. Okay, next up. Uh, Dakota, um, where do we go? Dakota, Dakota Walker writes, 
John, please don't get mad at Rob for the Saturday mailbag. We love seeing his hot toy and his face all morning. Oh, so what did I miss? So on my when I'm answering the questions on the show, right? I showed it. I showed the Ghosts of Tsushima six scale figure that I got, oh, which nice. is totally awesome. What I forgot to do was, you know, I had the 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 uh, all the questions, right? So I answered the last half without the questions being visible. Oh, I read okay. all the questions because I forgot to click over. I go, I gotta go full screen on this. So I showed everybody this figure because I'm like, wait, because I, I I QA all the videos, right? And so I'm like, what was wrong with it? But I didn't but, watch the whole but thing. But then so. I went back at the end and I said, let me go back, and I went back and showed everybody's questions. Oh, okay, but I did read them all. Hey, technical issues happen. They always happen. But people that's love people love that's that. Not that's not a bad. People one. love that's seeing right. that figure though. See, I got too excited. I was like, and it is, by the way. One of the greatest six scale. You know, figures. the one thing that's really good that I get a, um, why I like some viewers is just they're real. They're they're being real. There's not nothing. Everything's off script. You yeah, know, I like, yeah. I like that. that was totally off. Script. That was go, completely go, off. You guys script. gotta see this. All right, next up we got uh, Yasmar Hidalgo writes: uh, If you were Feige or Hamada, would you make a pitch to Scorsese if you had the right project? It'd reach a new audience and would get attention based on his previous comments. Uh, show us how it's done. No, I I, I wouldn't. Uh, first of all, bringing a new audience, no, it wouldn't. Uh, the vast, vast, vast majority of the movie going public do not go to a movie based on who's directing it. There are a very, very few names that are exceptions to that. Spielberg and to a degree Scorsese, but it's not that big of a difference. It's not that big of a thing. Now, would it be a coup de grace if Marty Scorsese, who there's been a lot of talk about because of the fact that he's like, you know, oh, these comic book movies aren't real cinema talk. Well, now he's coming in to direct. A, sure, there's a little bit of a coup de grace there. But, I mean, I don't know. Listen, remember, Scorsese was the guy who brought the Joker project, the Joker concept to Warner Brothers. I mean, he was initially on as the executive producer of that. So it's not like he's completely adverse to it in its entirety. He already maybe thinks it can just be done a little bit differently. And I have a feeling the Joker was the kind of movie that he would have given his stamp of approval on. Obviously, he was involved with it. But mm, no, if I'm Hamada or Feige, I don't think I go pursuing Scorsese. Now, I don't know if this is true or not. Somebody told me that there might have been an announcement that Kilgrave is coming back to the MCU, that they're bringing David Tennant back. I've seen people talk about it. I don't know that if there's been any official If they brought Jessica Jones into the MCU, I would love to see Martin Scorsese do a Jessica Jones movie. Eh. I, I know you don't like Jessica I just, Jones. I didn't like the show. I'm, I'm a huge fan of that <laughs> character. I love the first season, but I could see him directing like a Jessica Jones movie. All right, next up, we've got Al Renshaw who writes... Uh, watch Chapek give Turning Red a limited theatrical release and then announce that Lightyear going straight to Disney Plus. I would be so angry. Listen, I said when somebody asked a while ago on the show, do we think they might do the same? Because this is what they've done to the, all the Pixar films lately. Take and put them on Disney Plus. And somebody asked, do you think they'll do that with Lightyear? I said, there's no way they would do that with Lightyear. But honestly, I wouldn't put anything by Chapek. I, I wouldn't put anything by him at this point. Like... The utter level of his incompetence is is never ceasing to amaze me at this point. I think since we've seen trailers for seeing Red in the theater, 
if we if it's only available on Disney Plus, we should sue Disney Plus for false advertising because we as fans, like they did with uh, with Ana de Armas in uh, yesterday. You, you don't think there's a difference between those two situations? <laughs> you don't think you don't you don't see recognize the difference? I want to see it in the theater. Yeah, so By the way, I, tomorrow is game day for Free Guy. Oh, that's right. Free Guy comes out tomorrow. The 23rd, baby. I can't wait to see this movie. I'm, I'm so Woo! excited to watch it again. I can't believe it's my first time I'm going to watch this movie. It would be crazy. I, I, like it. I love this movie. I can't wait for you to see it. All right, next up. We've got uh, Dan's Productions writes, Peacemaker is literally better than CWDC shows. Well, no, it's not literally that. I don't think you understand what the word literally means, but... Um, it's different. Listen, I think it's the best thing DC's ever put out on television. And I'm a fan of Smallville. And I'm a big fan of Flash and the original seasons of Arrow. And I'm a big fan of a lot of that stuff. But, yeah, I, I have no problem saying that I think Peacemaker is the best thing DC's ever put on television. And, and I stick by that. All right, next up. Uh, Odai writes... Your show means a lot to me. Oh, thank you so much for that, man. Um, and so many others, John. You've been uh, I've been watching since the Collider days, and I followed you after. Really glad you've come this far. Well, thank you so much for that, Odai. I really appreciate that. And, you know, um, it's it's funny. I, Rob and I were talking before the show today just about where we've been able to come. Because when I started my own thing, all I wanted to do, I thought it would be great if I could make $200 a month and if at some point we could get to like a million viewers a month, like I thought that would be great. Um, <clears throat> February, if, if February was a full 30 or 31 days, February would be the biggest month we've ever had on the channel. It's, it's just continued to grow. It's um, all because of me. Well, yes. I mean, it's it's all because of Rob. Of course. Uh, Go, Rob. I, also you. No, no, not at all. That's the decline. Dude, more chat. people talk to me. They write me and they're like, can I have Ray's address? And can I have his phone number? I'm like, I'm they want to kill me. I'm not going <laughs> to sell out. I'm not going to sell anyone out. But, but starting around October, <laughs> which anecdotally was when you weren't coming out yeah, to be I on the say, show. I, 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 I see what you're doing. I, I see. I get it. I'm there. But starting in October, I, I don't know what it was when we were... We started this growth spurt in October, and I think it has a lot to do with us coming together to be live you know in the what? studio. I so totally agree with that. And and that is just snowballed. And now the last couple of January was a great month for us. And traditionally, Januarys are not great months for us. Right. And if now February is not going to end up being the biggest month we've ever had, but if we had two or three extra days in it, it would. Um, we're just floored by the support you guys have given this show. The growth we've been able to have. Uh, big thank you to all the sponsors who are coming on. Seriously, guys, I got to let you guys know about this. I was telling Rob and Ray, and Ray about this too. I got, a, I got, um, I was talking to our sponsor rep, and our biggest problem right now, we have too many sponsors that want to sign up for the John Campion show. Because I, I was having this conversation, and I got to be on the phone with our sponsor rep a little bit later this is true story guys because you know how we just said we're going to have three sponsor spots per episode three we won't do more than three so my sponsor uh my my ad rep gets a hold of me and says yeah can you can you revisit that i'm like why he said all of february 
is completely booked. This was like a week or two ago. And then today he got a hold of me and says, all of March is completely booked. If we get people renewing, we don't have anywhere to put new ads for people. And I'm like, this is a great problem to have. And it's all because our viewers have been so incredibly faithful to the show, have been here with us, have built a great community, um, have just made this a fun, fun thing to do every single day, day in, day out. Our numbers continue to grow. And you know, we're gonna like every YouTube channel will go ebb and flow. We're gonna have months where our numbers are gonna go down, I fully expect. We're gonna have months where our numbers go down and months where our numbers will go up, and it'll be like that. But the fact that we've been able to grow to this point, like this would have been a six million view month if this was a full month, which is absolutely crazy to me. I cannot believe that. And because of our viewers, the sponsors have been lining up to be a part of it. And it's just been an incredible thing. Thanks to our viewers. I just think this is sponsors. What I love about the sponsors is I'm buying them. I'm using our own codes so I can get free stuff from our sponsors because I like them so much. Thank God we have a sponsor. I don't need hair care products. And so that's one thing. I mean, I'm like, what sponsor are we going to get today? Because I want to buy their whatever their product is. And they're good. We got great sponsors. That Peloton app you told me about, you were right. Uh, I I am I am not I'm not kidding. I'm not going to show you this, but on my watch right now, I literally just got an email from our ad rep company saying there's two more sponsors that want to sign up for the show. Is one of them Zevia? None of them. What are Zevia? You punk. Yeah, what's up? You with punk ass. Sorry, sons of bitches. This guy is 24-7 on Sevilla. I think he All has a tank in the bedroom and, that's attached even... to his body like Boba Fett. I think he sleeps in the Zevia tank. You know what, though? I got to say, you need to broaden out your, your, your Zevia horizons. There's Dr. Pepper Zevia. There's Black Cherry. There's Creamy oh, I've Root tried Beer. It all. I've tried it all. The Creamy Root Beer is dope. Yeah, I mean, it's not bad, but I just my, my favorite is their straight-up cola flavor. Can just... we get Hot Toys? Where's the Hot Toys? Sponsor? I know. Where, where is our Hot Toys support? I mean, we'll have to no, Zevia. No, no. We got to get on the Sevia thing. You, you are the person that introduced me to this drink. I don't really like it. I mean, it's okay, but... You drink this stuff all dude, the time. Yeah. Dude, there's boxes in the hallway that you've had delivered through the mail. No, I, I, I drink so much Zevia. I literally, I don't buy it at the store. I have to order it by the crate from, from Amazon. And so, so every month they drop up like they're a bunch so of cases. They are more expensive than regular soda. So, you know, But that's that. what you get for no. But it's a plant-based That's sweetener. what you get. For no artificial sweeteners, none of that crap that's bad for you in the other diet sodas. And no calories. It is a it is a great thing. See, this is what you can be getting, you morons. At Zevia, I can be the face of your stupid company. No, no one's even moving, heard of you guys. Moving product, dude. You even got me hooked on that. You're a push. You're a Zevia pusher. I'm a Zevia evangelist. You oh are man, a this man. is gonna get to them. I have a feeling one day. I'm preaching the good word of Zevia to the people. Rob, to the people. Dude, they got Zevia ginger ale, Zevia cream soda, and I drink them all. Yeah. And you McDonald's think they show the us dream. a little bit of gratitude. I'm telling you. For me, McDonald's would be the dream. As soon as like your sponsor guy says, hey, I think McDonald's wants, I'll be like, I got that. I That's got that, John. End. That would be I'm the right end there. of us. That would totally be. Anyway, we're running behind. Let's okay. keep going here. Uh, okay, next up. Uh, where are we at? Uh, we are <laughs> <No>. Bailey. <laughs> Bailey writes, 
Thoughts on Studio 666 coming out this weekend? We've, I mean, I don't, I haven't seen the movie, but obviously we talked about the trailer. We think it looks great. Very excited to see it. I can't it. wait. Yeah, very excited to see it. A. Marcellus writes, uh, I found a hardcover editions of I, Jedi, and Shadows of the Empire. I don't know that I've ever Ooh. seen a hardcover version of Shadows of the Empire. Uh, without the Legends label on them, in new condition, Shadows of the Empire means a lot to me because it was my first book in the EU. And for a lot of people, it was the definitive book of, I mean, other than the Admiral Thrawn stuff. But that was the definitive EU Star Wars story. Well, you know, and that was really the first, they they tried to make it a, what, what's the word I want to use? Um, transmedia event. They had the video game, the book, the action figures. You know, they just didn't have a movie. And uh, I liked Shadows of the Empire. I love that N64 game. It was great. And that's a good find, eh, Marcellus? If you're you're finding that hardcover without the, le- that's a good find. You hold on to that, man. All right. Uh, Dante Shiraccia writes, and tips in like $20, support the channel. Thank you, Dante. Writes, wouldn't it be cool if Deadpool finally meets the new Wolverine in the MCU? Uh, Deadpool, you're not Hugh Jackman. Deadpool breaks the fourth wall and copies Tony's line from Avengers. Uh, thought thought we wouldn't notice, but we did. Um, Wolverine stabs him without a word, uh, puffing on his cigar and walks off. Deadpool groans, bleeding out. Not cool, you variant wannabe. Hugh was the goat. 17 years. 17 years. Love the show. Bring on the filthy. I mean, here's the thing, though. To be honest with you, Dante, well, that does sound cool. The thing that makes me really want to see Wolverine and Deadpool on screen together is the years-long amazing fake feud between Hugh Jackman and Ryan Reynolds on social media. And I'll be honest, and and the way Ryan Reynolds played into it during the Deadpool movies, like taking off his mask and he's got a Hugh Jackman face on underneath it. I honestly lose 80% of my excitement to see Deadpool and Wolverine on screen together if it's not Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman. If they do it to me, it's just another uh, two two more MCU characters meeting each other. That's fine. But it's got to be... And it won't be. Hugh Jackman's not coming back, at least not that we know of. But I would that's what makes it special to me. I just got to say this. Hugh Jackman is one of the nicest guys. Awesome. I've ever met. Like, it was my first, like, little red carpet that I did with you. you at CinemaCon. And we were, like, the last in line. Because our outlet, there was, like, mm-hmm. entertainment tonight or whatever. All from But the- it was a very short Yeah, line. yeah. Yeah. But... He was so nice. Like he, him and Sugar Ray Leonard, they were like, yeah, you know, pumping us up and stuff like that. He was such a nice guy. I'm a fan of his for life. You know, I just want to point out that Kevin Feige was an associate producer on the first X-Men. Yes, he was. And he was a producer on X-Men 2 and X-Men The Last Stand. Yeah, but it's not about whether or not people, you know this. I know. It's not about whether people want to bring Hugh Jackman back. I, I think Kevin Feige would probably donate his left nut to get Hugh Jackman to come back as Wolverine. Uh, It's just, I think Hugh's over it. I mean, he's done it for... What if he's part of the Illuminati? I I still don't think he would do it, but God, I would love it. I would love it. The problem with him in the MCU is I think he's like taller than almost every actor in the MCU. He's a big dude. He's a big dude. You know, He's a big dude. But I could see him and Xavier, they could do a riff on Logan where in their universe they're the only like they were in logan the only surviving mutants pretty much yeah but their universe or whatever was destroyed and they're on the illuminati together come on i mean come on hugh jackman is welcome anytime is all i'm saying if they want to bring him in i'm happy i think they could get away with that 
Xavier and Wolverine are the only remnants of the X-Men. That of course remain. they could. It's just about with, would you come back? And I, I don't know that he would. I think he's put in his time. Like, I think he the way he feels is we told everybody that Logan was the swan song, that that was it. And I don't think he wants to go back on that. But I'll tell you what, I will be the first one to jump out of my seat if we find yep. out it is. Man, if we're watching Doctor Strange 2 and Hugh Jackman comes on screen, dude, I'm going to freak out. Uh, yeah, I mean, I have to tell you, I really want to go in spoiler free to this movie all right we got to keep going on here uh next up where are we at we're at chris minor who writes finally caught up with succession nice what a fantastic show top tier acting all way around uh it is intense and a and and at points hilarious this show will sweep the emmys well this show has been sweeping the emmys for a while between uh brian cox and and the rest of the cast and by the way that finale that season three finale, that was totally a Godfather moment. At the end there, Tom. At some point, though, what's what's the sister's name again? I forget the sister's name. The the girl guys uh, in the live chat. What's the what's the sister's uh, why name? Why am I drawing a blank on her? In, I just remember Sarah Snook. Um, uh, I'm totally freezing on the character's name. So guys in the live chat, what is the name of the uh uh Shiv? That's right. Yeah, Shiv. The, I think in season four, there's going to be a Godfather moment. Where Shiv, uh, with her hands on Tom's cheeks, I know it was you, Tom. I know it was you, and you broke my heart. And it's, oh, like, that was great. Listen, one of the best shows, I, mean, I personally still think that Yellowstone is the best show on TV right now, but Succession is right up there. Like, I mean, there's an argument to be made for both of them. They're By the way, great. I love Sarah Snook, Shiv, I, I, not just because I have a crush on redheads. She was in an incredible <laughs> science fiction film that she co-stars in with Ethan Hawke called predestination oh yeah and, i remember that and if you guys want to see don't read anything about it just watch predestination if you like sarah snook who plays shiv on succession all right next up uh we've got uh, john redcorn writes uh snyder fanboys are harassing james gunn because of including the justice league and peacemaker and also not having cyborg in it Wish folks would just kill. I, I'm not going to waste any more breath or whatever on that. I I I, I understand. No no diss on you, uh, John Redcorn. But yeah, like you filmmakers aren't doing what we want you to do. Like people, I, I hate it when I catch myself doing it. I hate when I see people other were coming it. after me on Twitter about this, and I'm like, okay, first of all, the Justice League. What they don't have senses of humor. What uh, what Ezra Miller and Jason Momoa did were hilarious. Yeah, and they thought it was hilarious. Momoa thought it was awesome. I mean, you know, I don't think it disrespected them. It was just hilarious. All right, next up, uh, we've got uh, Daya uh, Al Shahor. I hope I'm pronouncing that right, man. I'm sure I'm not. Uh, you were mentioning how Olivia Coleman are part of the GOAT conversation. I would throw Viola Davis in there. Multiple-time Oscar nominee and winner, Emmy winner and Tony winner. I I don't... like. I love Olivia Coleman. Or, sorry, I, I absolutely... Sorry about that. I absolutely love Viola Davis. Absolutely love her. She's fantastic. She is top shelf in Hollywood. She's in that A-list. I don't think she's in the GOAT conversation. Um, like, really, really, right now, there's only two people legitimately in the GOAT conversation as far as I'm concerned. And that is, obviously, the street monster. No one's ever going to touch her records. Her records will, like, there will never be an actress that gets as many Oscar nominations as her. She's it's, the Tom Brady. She is the Tom Brady of acting. Yeah, I mean, and that's just it. It's never going to be touched. 
Then you've got um, uh, Frances McDormand, who has now won Best Actress three times. Three times. I don't know that there's another actress that's ever going to win three times. I, I just don't know. Now, Olivia Coleman, I, I'm suggesting, might be quietly getting into that conversation because she's got nominated three times in the last four years. In sports, we call that a dynasty. And now, granted, she's only won one of those, but she's now got three nominations in four years. That is insane. And so, and I'm not even saying she's in that legitimate thing there. And there are there's probably about a dozen to 15 actresses that are then in that top of the top conversation. And I would probably say that in that conversation would also be Viola Davis. But I don't think she's in the conversation with Frances McDormand or uh, Meryl Streep. But she could be. At some, you know, point, at some point, yes, she could be. I mean, I, I love her to death. I think she's playing Michelle Obama in that new, is it the First Ladies, the First Wives? It's a miniseries that deals with Eleanor Roosevelt, Michelle Obama, and Betty Ford. And it, it's a miniseries about the three of them. And I think she plays Michelle Obama. And she, I mean, Viola Davis crushes it, man. She's so good. But uh, again, you know, it also, then it comes down to wins. And like Frances McDormand with three yeah, I mean, and, and then then she just played Lady Macbeth alongside Denzel Washington, which I'm actually a little bit surprised she didn't get a nomination for. But, you know, whatever. OK, thanks for sending that in, man. Appreciate that. All right. Uh, Dante Strachia writes one of two Wolverine stabs him. Oh, I already had that. Oh, did we already do that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was the second part of his. OK, uh, Nikita Mahanen writes, hey, John, Rob and crew. Just wanted to let you guys and the viewers know that Deadline reported that Apple is hosting free theatrical screenings of Best Picture nominees with open captions in London and U.S. major cities from February 25th through the 37th. Well, uh, it's very interesting. Uh, I did not know. Like, I don't know everything about the U.K., but I know a bunch. I did not know that the U.K. had a February 37th. That's completely new to me. From, uh, from February 25th to February. I'm going to guess you mean the 27th on that. Um, but, you know, that's interesting. One of the coolest things AMC does is every year, for the longest time, they have the best, what they call the best picture showcase, mm -hmm. where they pick a weekend and they will show all the best picture nominees. Now, it's not free. you got to buy tickets to go see it, but they will show all the best picture nominated films so you can get a chance to watch the movies in theaters, before the Oscars happen. I love that program that they do. This, if Apple's actually sponsoring something like that and letting people in London see all of them for free, that's a really cool thing for Apple to do. So uh, hats off to Apple. My Ma wife doesn't work for them anymore, but hats hats off to Apple for that. Maybe, John, if the uh, Northern Ireland, <laughs> Ireland children that are 14 and younger, they do have an uprising against the British Censorship Board, they can make the 37th. A new, holiday. Try to make a new holiday. For On the 37th, there is no ratings. We can go see Batman. Yeah. All right, next up. We're going to Ismail Montoya, who writes, Hey, John, how come you say you love Man of Steel, but we've never seen uh, your Henry Cavill Superman hot toy? Oh, simple. I don't have a Henry Cavill Superman hot toy. Would you like one? I, I would probably very much like one. Yes. I have two. Do you have two of them? Are they identical or are they different ones? One's Justice League and okay. one's... You don't have one Henry, is, Henry Cavill One hot is toy? Man of Steel. No. And not only that, John, no. I'm going to have a third Henry Cavill hot toy because I am getting the Nightmare Batman Black Suit Superman two pack. Yeah, I've got um, I've got 
uh, Jorel from Man right. of Steel. I've got the Alien Queen. I've got Boba Fett. I've got uh, Captain America from the Infinity War. And I do have a fifth one. Which one was my fifth one again? Sorry, they've all, most of my hot toys. You already say Odin? And I have Odin. Thank you. I have 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 Odin. Odin. Now, I have not uncrated these since we've moved. Those are still crates. I don't have a proper place to put them yet. So there's, they're all still in my moving crates since Anna and I moved into the house. But yeah, just because I'm a fan of something doesn't mean I irresponsibly spend all my money on it. <gasps> uh, and I only... No, 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 no. Not what are you that I'm saying, saying, John? Sorry, what no, are you no, no, saying? No. Do not miss... I said that came out wrong. Not that by... But but for me, uh, I don't spend a lot of money on collectibles. And even though sure. Man of Steel, which clearly I have a huge affinity for, <laughs> if I got Henry back here, uh, most <laughs> underrated, but I, I don't spend money on... I very, very rarely spend money on Hot Toys because for me, it could get out of hand really fast. Plus, you do own a house. Plus, and, I own a house. Uh, let's see. Hot Toys house. Hot Toys house. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what, what Mortgage payment. Because I, seriously, I buy one Hot Toy and then I blinked and I had four. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa I got to stop. Because I, I, it can Dude, get out I of hand. Dude, I blinked and four quick. showed up in my house last week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think I'm kidding. I'm going to blink more then. <laughs> Next up, uh, we've got Beast Gaming Rights. What is the most disappointing movie you went to go see? Um, I, I know, I'd have to think about that. I mean, because it's, it's like I immediately knew I was super disappointed. Honestly, one for me was Gangster Squad. Because Gangster Squad was one I was absolutely convinced was going to be a best picture contender. And I hated that movie. So that's got to be right up there for me. Like, there's like the Star Wars prequels. Like, I lied to myself when I first saw them and I talked myself into thinking I liked them. And then after I saw it like four or five times and realized, no, no, these movies are shit. But I didn't have that initial thing. But Gangster Squad's big. There's probably some others that I'm not thinking about off the top of my head. Do you have one, Rob? I don't know if I should say this. I have to preface this by saying I saw The Empire Strikes Back 26 times in the theater. Right. Most disappointing movie I've ever seen in my life was Return of the Jedi. Yeah. See, to me, it's the best Star Wars movie I, I know. that exists. But hey, Just that's saying. the beautiful thing about movies, man. We all have our different theories on them or our different outlooks on them. All right. Next up. I hope I don't get flamed. Um, nah. Uh, where are we at here? We're at Andy who writes. Hey, John, Robert should absolutely get a raise so he can buy more hot toys. Yeah. Yes. No, no, yeah. no. Damn it. No. We, we won't talk per- people's personal finances here. I will tell you, Rob recently got a really good race. So that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, but it's 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 to live on. It's We're talking toys for the rest of my life. Toys stipend. How about a hot toy stipend? You know, it would help, John, if we had a sponsorship. A hot toys sponsorship. Listen, I am working on it. I am absolutely working. This is a funny thing. I used to have hot toys used to send me free hot toys. Back when I was with AMC and Collider, yeah. like they sent me the one fourth scale uh, Iron Man. Yeah, and I'm still sore about that. Remember, we did that g- unboxing <laughs> and thing. Unboxing. By the way, I do want to say you are a very good boss, and I have <laughs> well, I have you. I have no complaints at all. Fantastic. However, you there's a few more hot toys okay. in the budget. That's all we're saying. I mean, I don't know what it says about me as a middle aged man who's close to death. All mm. I think about is twelve uh, six scale action figures. I mean, what does that say about me, really? You'll be here forever, Rob. Come on. All right. 
Next up, well, there's always uh, we've more got uh, Kevin Cow who writes, can't wait for Batman. Uh, is the contest over? Well, it was never a contest, Kevin. It's just that we, we asked you to send them in and we were going to select. We haven't sent out the invites yet, but the invites will go out today and tomorrow. So if you were somebody who sent in one of those videos, if you did score an invite, you will start getting those invites uh, today and tomorrow. So keep your eyes. But it was never a contest. All right. Next up. Uh, Bam Aham Yum just sends in a super chat badge to be supportive. Thank you, man. Uh, seconds from Disaster writes, one of five. What's up, Campia fam? Growing up, I was a big fan of Fresh Prince, so I was skeptical of the reboot Bel Air. Mm. Once I got uh, the name and and that this is not uh, the same iteration out of my head, I gave it a shot. I've only seen four episodes, and it pleasantly surprised me. The tone is a lot heavier, but actually quite good. Will, Ashley, and Aunt Viv are similar to the original. Uncle Phil is running for district attorney. Hillary's an influencer. Was that it? It said three of five. Oh, Hillary's an influencer, and there was no four. Um, can't wait to see where the series goes. Have you seen it? What are your thoughts about this new iteration? Yes, I have watched uh, Bel Air, and I've watched it because Anne started watching. I was going to say she was watching it yesterday. <laughs> yep, yeah, I want to see it. it. I want to see it. It looks good from the trailers. I will say this: it's not bad. It's not bad. I don't think it's great, but it's not bad. Like, really, I've always said this: when you look at Fresh Prince of Bel Air, the premise is a drama. A, a like a kid dealing with the harsh realities of, of life in Philadelphia yeah, gets yeah. into, gets into trouble and the mom fearing for the future. This, her kid has living here with the environment that we're in decides to, luckily she has a sister who lives a more well-off life in Bel Air, California, Los Angeles, sends him to live there. And then the culture shock of this kid moving from one environment to an extreme opposite of that and trying to learn to live life in a completely different environment with a completely new set of family, that in and of itself is the description of a drama. And yeah, it's not bad. It's, I mean, it's a little eye rolling to me in a few spots, but listen, I'll tell you what the Jeffrey, you know, the Butler, the Jeffrey in this show is more like an Alfred and not the Michael Caine, Alfred, right? But the Gotham TV show Alfred, oh. or the Alfred we're about to get in Andy Circus, ex-military, I'll take care of those problems. Kind of Jeffrey. <laughs> and I gotta tell you, I'm digging the Jeffrey character more than any of the other characters. It's the Jeffrey character that I'm really kind of digging. All right. Anyway, next up, we got Al Rensha, uh, who writes. Uh, excited for the Batman, seeing it four times opening week. Nice. IMAX <laughs> early screening and Friday, Saturday, and Sunday each day with a different group of friends. That is awesome, but I already That's know cool. what Ray's going to say. <laughs> no. Yeah, we hope it's hope, good. Hope you better hope it's good. <laughs> and man, that, I'm going to bring a pillow by the third. Uh, showing, I think. Well, we don't have a third showing. Oh, thank God. No, no, we got two screenings. We got the first and the fourth. You'll want to go for another one, though. It's going to be so good. You're going to be dying to go yeah, see it again. Yeah, but I also wanted to go for another No Way Home, and I've only seen it once. Dude, I yeah, don't know, true. man. I, I'm not buying the sleeping thing. You were awake and uh, sitting in front of your... You were, like, looking into the screen. when we, I sat next to you at Moonfall. There was no sleeping in you. Bro, there's something about the moon. I understand. <laughs> that but turns up moon. inside. <laughs> I mean, wow. I Yeah. All right, let's keep going here. All right, here. let's go. Uh, we still got a bunch of gifts. Actually, Ray, could you do me a favor? Could you grab me another... I'm not going to name them. 
Oh. I'm not going to name oh. those cheap bastards. I know. You want your product on the John Campy show? From now on, you got to pay for it, sucker. <laughs> yeah. Can you go get me one of those? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of those course random I'll get you nameless one of those. drinks. Well, does that mean you're not going to drink it on camera? Are you going to keep it hidden? Well, all you'll see is my green glass. Oh, there Crazy. you go. All right. all right, let's keep going here. Uh, let's see. Andy writes. Uh, if the Batman ends up with the same kind of critical and audience reception as Batman versus Superman and Justice League, how badly damaged would the Batman IP be? Pretty damaged. I mean, look, I, I have every faith that this movie is going to be awesome. And that, and obviously Warner Brothers thinks the reaction is going to be great because they're letting tens of thousands of people across the country see it on the first. But if this Batman comes out, and it gets a really divisive reaction from from people like some of the Snyder films did, undeservedly so, by the way, then that is going to be a problem. I agree. Uh, for Batman. Thanks, man. I, and I'm, and I'm, I don't mean for Robert Pattinson. I mean for Batman. Because that'll be now several films that become very divisive and things like that. It, it, it'll hurt. I mean, Flash and Batgirl are coming out. You know, they want to do a Penguin TV series with Colin Farrell. It's it would be bad news. They So they better hope that their faith is well placed. All right. Next up, we got um, Java Man in Hong Kong. Right. I love the name. Hey, John, I recommend C uh, Cinema Paradiso years ago, and I don't think you have seen it yet. Uh, disappointed since it's close to you being Italian and a film lover, which is which is the theme. Rob, please lend him a 4K Blu-ray version to John. I have never seen it. And I do have a 4K Blu-ray version. Of course version. you do. Is there yes, a Criterion collection of it? No. No, it's not Criterion, but it is. I have two versions of it because uh, there is a longer version and a shorter version. And it is a wonderful, beautiful movie. And everyone who is a fan of movies should see it. All right. You would love it. All right, I, I keep getting told that. You All know, right, you next do up. have a PlayStation 5. You could watch uh, the 4K disc. I'm Elizabeth Gerardo writes, Happy Tuesday. Oh, yeah, and pointed this out last night. It is 2-22-22 today. Yep. February 22nd, 2022. And pointed that out last night. Thanks for bringing that up, Elizabeth. Uh, let's see, Beast Gaming writes, Do you know any hidden gems on any of the big streaming services? I'm out of movie. I'm out of movies to watch. Oh, man, that's too big of a question for me to sit down and think about right now. I mean, yeah. obviously, every one of them are going to have a bunch of great gems. Um, I would say, listen, I bet you probably haven't seen Best of the Best. I always recommend Best of the Best. <laughs> See if you can find that's Eric. That's the hidden gem you recommend? Eric Roberts, James Earl Jones, uh, Chris Penn, Best of the Best, one of the greatest guy movies ever. That uh, I always recommend uh, Stardust. Uh, Terminal. <laughs> There it was. Got it. Wait, he got it. He found his place. But it is on Netflix, I think. So look it up. Oh, I'm man. sure it's somewhere. <laughs> but it's it's a bigger question. You know what, guys? Here's your assignment, guys. Throw in in the live chat a cool hidden gem on one of the streaming services for uh, for Beast Gaming. Give him some recommendations in the live chat there. <laughs> Jupiter Ascending. Jupiter Ascending. Hey, do not diss Jupiter Ascending. Ah, I never saw one of the Disney worst princess films movie. ever made. So all right. good. Casey Mack writes. Just letting you all know, Vikings Valhalla debuts this Friday on Netflix. Yeah, I'm curious to check that out. The follow-up to to the show Vikings. Could be cool. Um, it, I guess it takes place like 75 years later or something after the death of Ragnar or something like that. I am looking forward to checking that out. Uh, not the real Leo writes. One or two. 
Hello, wonderful people. I see many people saying that the person fighting Wanda in the Multiverse of Madness trailer is either Captain Marvel variant or Superior Iron Man, but I believe it's actually Iron Lad. Um... Oh, yeah. Uh, it would explain uh, not only the Iron Man suit, but also the Ultron bots and the multiverse Illuminati, since the Kang variants are the ones who originally discovered the multiverse. I don't know that that's true, to be honest with you. Um, and I don't I don't I think we ran out of space. OK, so Rob, theory of Iron Lad, what do you think? It could be. The problem is I don't think that they would introduce a character like Iron Lad well, first, maybe they would, but it, I mean, that's not a bad thing, but I, I, I think they would do something a little bit less, more direct that the audience would be able to understand immediately. You know, it'd be cool if it was Nova. Oh, I, hey, we know Nova's coming. Yeah, yeah. You know what? That's love, not the craziest thing. I love no, Nova. Not. I love that character. Yeah, I do. I, you know what? Uh, yeah. But, but I'll but, but I'll it's not. <laughs> and we've seen the Nova Corps in uh, in Guardians of the Galaxy. Look, but I'll tell you what has honestly become my theory, and we talked about it a little bit the other day. That character, all covered in the Captain Marvel kind of energy flying at them, I don't believe it's real. I mean, I believe there's a character that comes flying at at uh, Wanda and they're having a fight, but I think this is one of those Marvel misdirects where when we see the movie. That character flying at them isn't all covered in the shiny power. Yeah, they, they went out of their way. They went out of their way to obscure that so we couldn't tell. I mean, yeah. you sh I'm one of those idiots that slowed it down and went frame by frame to go. Mm, and what you see, Rob? Not what did much. You see? Not much. Or something I I'm going to keep to myself. We are dealing with uh, Scarlet Witch and Doctor Strange. It could just all be illusion. I don't know. I uh, know they know because these are, we are all the kind of people that are like, look, somebody punched the lizard. <laughs> and yeah. it's clearly been erased from the frame. I mean, they know. They, 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 Marvel knows. They yeah, know that. I, some, I think. I think it's something completely that different. Portuguese voiceover session. They did that on purpose. Come on. All right. Next up, uh, we've got Colossal Combat. Who writes? Hey, John. Love the show. You inspired me to create my own boxing slash MMA show. Very cool. I'm glad you're doing that, man. Some of my favorite fighters are Anthony Joshua, Canelo, uh, Poirier. Who are yours? Well, mine are all. Um, Mine are all MMA guys. I mean, I must admit, I've become a fan of Tyson Fury. Yeah. It's hard not to be a fan of Tyson Fury. That that's that dude's pretty easy to, to get on board with. But all the rest of them, my all-time favorite is George St. Pierre, uh, Habib Nurmagomedov. Um, going back the day, my old coach, Randy, the natural couture. Uh, one of the first things I, I did when I when I moved to L.A. was I joined uh, Randy Couture's and Boz uh uh, Boz had one. They had a gym together called Legends MMA, and uh, I—that's where I first started training when I moved came to the U.S. And then so, and I've got to do a uh, a bunch of things because of that. So obviously, Randy Couture. Um, who are some of my? I love Poirier as well. He's he's a super fun guy to watch. Um, yeah, those are some of mine. Ray, like, Ray is the boxing guy. You look at me and immediately I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I hear you guys talking about MMA, and it's almost like I'm in a peanut special, and I'm hearing the adults talk. <laughs> wah, 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 I'm, I'm, wah, I'm just gonna, Ray is a boxing guy. I'm just going to agree with him boxing. on Anthony Joshua. Like He has some losses, but I'm actually on his side now. I, I want to see him come back up because um, I think he has a great style and um, a great look. I mean, he's, he's, he's what the heavyweight should be but like you know he's got some issues but my my mma fighter has to be 
the black beast <laughs> he is you no know, i just love that, that guy i don't win or, mic skills win or lose that guy is just entertaining to me and that's all that's what it's all about yeah he's had a few losses lately but uh but he has got unmatched mic skills all right uh next and good luck with the channel colossus all right zashan writes my issue with the death of physical media is the loss of quality. Blu-rays have much better AV, and we don't have a replacement for that in streaming. Actually, we do. Um, I was watching. I was watching this week in tech the other day, and they, they've it's it's already there. They have they're starting to roll out now the technology where they have come up with a new packet delivery system where the data rate that you're actually going to be able to get exceeds that from what we have on blu-ray and all that kind of stuff now now it's not widely out there yet but i think probably within four years oh it's we're probably going to be there i i agree with you i think and and there is the technology right now the pipelines just don't allow the uncompressed kind of audio you can get <laughs> the thing that i worry about most of all about physical media is when people start putting things on streaming services and looking at the numbers a lot of the obscure, low-budget, foreign, cult titles that I love to collect on physical media are going to be ones that the streaming services, because they don't get the viewer numbers, and those movies will fall into relative obscurity. That's why I love my physical media collection. So I can get terrible Italian horror films or movies like Star Crash or Wild Wild Planet that I love, that HBO Max will never put on their service. All right. Next up, uh, we've got... Uh uh burn bernadette cumberbench writes is dolby or imax better uh if you're talking about an amc prime with dolby it's a matter of preference for me you can't go wrong with either of them but if i have a choice to watch the batman in imax or watch the batman in a dolby prime amc theater i'm taking the dolby prime amc theater that's my preference <laughs> I'll be more than happy to watch an IMAX, but AMC Prime is mine. Rob, I think you said before that the IMAX is yours. Well, it depends. You know what? To be honest, it depends because if I'm going to go see a movie that was shot, the thing about Dolby is Dolby is more more of a post production and presentation issue, whereas IMAX is a capture technology as well as an exhibition technology. So if you're watching something that was actually shot with IMAX cameras, I want to see them in an IMAX theater. Mm. But watching the Dolby, you know, not all movies are shot in IMAX. And the thing about a Dolby Dolby Vision in terms of color and, and, and uh, uh, in post-production, you can use Dolby Vision. And then going into a Dolby theater, it's balanced for sound. There's a whole experience of watching the movie. So it's actually kind of a different thing. Now, you're going to see a lot more movies in a Dolby theater than you would in an IMAX theater. So I, it depends. You know, those Dolby theaters, dude. John took me. The first one I went to was Joker with John. And we went and saw Moonfall. And we saw it in Dolby. It, they're, it, when, they're, when they're great, they are great. You know, Rob, I just bought the Dolby license for the Xbox for my headphones that I got. Love it. Yeah, I like it. You it's actually, a little basey. So it's a little basey. Wait but a minute. You had to buy a license to get. Well, Dolby. I get it for like ten. Sure. Ten devices. But when you're it making like, when you're making a movie, for instance, you have to buy a Dolby license to mix the movie in Dolby mm, Atmos. Or I, I, I don't know. I just bought it because I wanted. My I didn't know they did that. Account. That's really interesting. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. All right. Uh, let's move on here. Next up, we've got uh, Michael Serta writes. Uh, Does No Way Home have a home release date yet? Um, from what I understand, No Way Home will be available to buy on March 22nd. 
I believe it's March 22nd. And I believe, I could be wrong, um, that its streaming th uh, thing will be on Stars. Stars is where Spider-Man No Way Home will be streaming, uh, which is really weird. <laughs> That's so not going to be on one day, but Stars is where you're going to be able to stream, but you will be able to buy it on March 22nd. All right, next up, we've got uh, Jedediah Elias writes, Best way Deadpool could be in Doctor Strange 2 is in a post credit scene. Uh, could be like that Korg reaction video gives his review of Doctor Strange 2, then Wolverine meets up via portal. Would love to see it. Uh, the, the problem again, Jedediah, is the same thing I've said along, does not fit. It just doesn't fit this movie. Like having a do 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 moment <laughs> that would be fine in like Thor Love and Thunder or an Ant Man movie. But everything we're getting from the tone of this Doctor Strange movie, that would be so out of place and so jarring. I agree. Again, it's not impossible. Not impossible. But I, I just don't see it. I think it would be a really bad move on their part. All right. Uh, next up, we've got Mr. Graham 91, who writes, uh, Body Double for Batman says, says he, along with Cyborg, were in Peacemaker finale, but were cut from that scene. Is this fact or not? Oh, it is a fact. Yeah. yeah. They, they did have it. James Gunn has acknowledged that they shot it with it with a stand-ins for Batman and Cyborg and Wonder Woman and Superman, but they actually had Jason Momoa and Ezra Miller there. And they decided to take the Batman character out and decide to take the Cyborg character out. Why? Really, the answer is who, who the hell cares? I mean, it, it makes no difference whatsoever. So I don't care. But yes, the James Gunn has both acknowledged it and the actor who got dressed up in the costume to stand in for Ben Affleck um, and we were only going to see a silhouette, but he acknowledged he was there on set and shot it. And they decided to take those two out again, Wonder Woman, Superman didn't say anything. So they just would have been standing there as silhouettes anyway. Yeah. So no, it makes no difference. But yes, Mr. Graham 91, it is absolutely fact. All right. Uh, Empire fan 1980 writes Stephen Amell's comment about the green arrow joke in peacemaker. He said, he said, hasn't seen it. Uh, he's too busy showing John Cena what really real wrestling looks like. We actually talked about that on the show yesterday. So um, somebody asked Stephen Amell on Twitter, well, what do you think about that Green Arrow joke that uh, Peacemaker made about Green Arrow's or Brony going to Brony conventions with a big open butthole thing or whatever? And Stephen Amell's response was all in good fun, but priceless. He goes, I don't know. I haven't watched it. I've been too busy. Uh, showing John Cena what real wrestling, what how to really make how to make wrestling look real on television or something like that, which is genius. It was a brilliant response, absolutely brilliant response. Um, <laughs> let's see, uh, Nikita Mohanan writes. There's also a special screening of Coda in L.A. with a live Q&A with the cast and director uh, with an ASL interpreter. What do you guys think about Apple doing this? Well, I mean, Apple's not the only one that have done special screenings and Q&As. They happen in Los Angeles all the time. Like every, every theater. I mean, obviously not a lot lately because of but COVID. But to have an ASL interpreter is very cool. Yeah, but I've we've also been to screenings where they've had that yep. as well. But for, obviously for something like Coda, that's very appropriate to do. But yeah, again, Apple's not the only game in town doing that, but it is a great thing to do. I, I love it. Anything that gets people watching movies together in front of a big screen is always good to me, man. All right. IMHO Reviews writes, Hey, John, did you and Ann get around to watching Marry Me? Uh, I loved it. Really charming, great music, and Wilson slash JLo's chemistry work. Definitely recommend. True story. Ann and I, we had the evening together last night, 
And we said, what we're going to do. So first we decided to go out to dinner. So we found a restaurant that we hadn't tried yet, went out to dinner. And then we came back and the plan was to come back home and watch Marry Me. Instead, though, I said as we were driving back, you know, you always wanted to try that game, Hello Neighbor. Oh. And I said, it's a part of my PlayStation. It's in my PlayStation month, like my PlayStation Pass thing. Do you want to download it and try it? So she was like, okay, yeah, let's do that. So we downloaded and tried Hello Neighbor. We only played it for like 10 minutes because we could not figure out the game at all. We had no idea what was going on, so we kind of ditched on it. But as we were getting out of it, she goes, well, what's that? What else is on that list you have of all these games you get for free if you're part of this PlayStation membership? And we went down the list and she came across Monkey Island. Oh, 2. my God. I should have warned you about that game. <laughs> I should have warned you. This goes all the way back. You know how far back it goes when she was a kid. I didn't so know. Go ahead, John. Sorry, interrupting you. I, no, no, no. I, I want to hear this because I, I didn't know. I did not know. We had every Monkey Island game. I think this is the first game I've seen and actually get befuddled and actually go on the internet to look up tips on how to beat certain. That's how much you. When you're into a game, you either give up or you look for all the help you need right. in order to get past a certain level. She played this one level. So many times I would walk by and I'd be like, oh, you're still stuck on that level. Walk by the next day, still stuck on that level. She finally figured it out and it was like the best thing ever for her. But yeah, she's been stuck on these Monkey Island. They're great games. Have you seen it? Well, well they're, I have they're, now. They're, they're very, like, <laughs> have have, now. They're very uh, um, smart. Like you actually have to pick up on things to actually put puzzles together. It's great. I love that. I'll tell you what. So I thought she was going to play Monkey Island for a couple of minutes and then we're going to watch Marry Me. And so she's playing Monkey Island. It looks pretty funny. I look down on my computer to do a little bit of work for today's show. I look, but she's still playing. Uh, I I go outside to take a phone call that came in, come back and she's still playing. Um, And then it was, uh, then it was 11 (laughs) o'clock and she was still playing. I'm like, okay, honey, I'm going to, I'm going to go get ready for bed. She's like, Okay, so I get up, go to the bathroom, <laughs> yes. brush my teeth. The love know, is back for Monkey get, Island. Get, get changed, everything, come back in. She's still... And what's so great on the PS5, <laughs> wow, too. I thought Hello Neighbor, you were going to like play Doorbell Ditch, where you actually go to your neighbor's no, you house to sneak oh, in. the door. You actually have to sneak in it's, without it's the guy game. catching yeah. you. Oh. And there's different methods. You could go about it okay, anyway. Well, sorry, yeah, we got to okay, keep go going, because go. we, oh, we're already like... 20 minutes overtime, and okay. we still have more questions to go. Okay, uh, but no, I, I am HO. I haven't watched it, but we will in the next <laughs> couple days. Crash, because we started playing Monkey Island. Uh, Crashing Coyote writes, any plan to bring play and chat back? I was just thinking about this yesterday. Uh, Elden Ring comes out this week. Amazingly hard, difficult, but fun gameplay, and George R. R. Martin helped build the story. Yeah, I won't be doing that. At some point, <laughs> I will be doing play and chats again. I got to find the right game, like even if it's just online poker, but I'm not playing World of Warcraft anymore. So I got to find a game to do it on. But yes, playing chats will come back. Uh, let's see. Um, where are we at? Medicated movie reviews, right? <laughs> I've been doing my own YouTube channel for about five years now. Awesome. And still can't get any traction, even though I feel it's one of the most creative ones out there. Any advice to stay motivated? Thanks. If you're if you're looking to find your motivation in getting a big audience, then you're looking for the wrong place to do your motivation. Your motivation has to come from a place that you just love doing it. That's got to be your motivation. It's just that you just love doing it. When I was doing the movie blog and I had like a hundred people a month reading the movie blog, I didn't care because I was having fun 
writing articles about my thoughts on movies and, and the movie news that was coming out. I, that was my motivation. If your motivation comes from just getting an audience, it, it's then, then you're doomed. You're doomed because you're never going to have a big enough audience, right? Like even, even me now, it's like, I've got a lot of my contemporaries have way bigger YouTube channels than me. Get way more subscribers and way more whatever. If, so you will never have enough viewers to satisfy that if that's where you're getting your motivation from. So you either love what you're doing or you don't. And if you love doing it, then to hell with how many people are watching it. Doesn't matter if you got five people or five million. Doesn't matter. And if you're doing it because you want to make money on it, well, then you're, 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 you're doomed already. You're doomed already. I fell ass backwards because I love doing it and it just grew and grew and grew naturally because I love doing it. And then I got lucky enough that I started to make money from it. But that was never my goal. My goal was to have fun. So if that's where you find your motivation, you're never going to run out of motivation. Well, now if we you... have to get a Zevia sponsorship. That's our goal. <laughs> now we have to get a Zevia sponsorship. Oh, All right, I'm next sorry, up, I'm Scotty sorry. H. Uh -oh. writes. Hot take. Since you, you, since you referenced Christopher Nolan, Memento is the best film he has done. Uh, capture me captured me in the first shot i have no idea what you're talking about no i don't think memento is the best film he's done i think the best film he's done personally my favorite christopher nolan film is insomnia i i love that movie like that to me is is his best film and probably most unrecognized film i think you mentioned insomnia most people don't even know it's a christopher nolan film no they forget but memento is the movie that got him batman yeah so well, i mean well, yeah it, but memento and insomnia because he proved he could make a studio movie What's, what's your favorite Christopher Nolan film? Probably Inception, <laughs> but I really loved Memento is terrific, and so is Insomnia. But Insomnia is a remake. Uh, but I love, I love, I love Insomnia. By the way, I, I misread Scotty. Scotty isn't saying that I said Memento was his best film. He said Hot Take. Since you reference Christopher Nolan, comma Memento is his best film that he has done. Ah. So that's that's sort of been a comment there. Sorry, sorry, I misunderstood what you're saying there, Scotty. But yeah, to me it's Insomnia, but Memento is amazing it's the movie that got him batman so there you go kevin peterson writes what comics do you recommend for the batman like all time <laughs> i mean uh, you, there's so many but uh, look I, I love neil adams i love the neil adams batman comics of the 70s uh you know you go back to frank miller's batman year one and the dark knight returns there's uh, there's so many uh, the batman the i love the court of owls storyline recently the long halloween you know, the, they're all collected in graphic novel form. There's so many, but there's also a lot of, like, I hate to admit it, I like Batman and the Outsiders, as goofy as it is. All right, next up, Empire Fan 1980 writes, Rob, because of you, I've been looking at Hot Toys Dubai, found mm -hmm. one of the T-Rex roar and the banner coming down, but it's over $1,000, so expensive. Okay, Are you wait, familiar with this Hot Toy? Stature. That's statue. That's, that's, that's a sideshow collectible that, statue, yeah, not a Hot Toy. Yeah, that's not a Hot Toy, but let me just say, the answer when you ask me about anything like that is whether or not you should buy it. The answer is always yes. <laughs> yes, you should. You've got Jurassic Park or Jurassic World Dominion coming out. And what and just what better way to celebrate and, and, that than to spend a thousand dollars? The most important thing, they have installments. They have installments. That's the most important thing with Sideshow. You can pay it off slowly. Yeah. And, and you know my opinion of that. If you can't afford to buy it, then you can't afford it. Don't go on payment plans. But it all depends on, you know, what, what's the thing that gives you your most joy? And if that's the thing you want to put your money on, 
then go go. Well, for I it. wouldn't say necessarily you're not buying it on credit because you don't get it until you've paid it off entirely. Actually, you know what? That is a significant difference. You're it's right. Difference. That's actually really, really good. So you don't get it until you've paid for the whole thing. Right. Okay. That I dig. That that's actually a good thing to point out. Thank you for that. All right, next up. Uh Wiley Todd sends in like a $20 super chat. Thank you, Wiley Todd, who writes in Harry Potter is my favorite franchise. The last film broke me for two reasons. The movie itself and people just didn't go. I have faith in my Harry Potter and I didn't uh like Depp in the movie. So glad he is gone. Oh, so you're talking about the Fantastic Beast. Yeah. I thought you were talking about what are you talking about? People didn't go to see the last Harry Potter movie. Of course they did. Made over a billion dollars. Okay, this one. Um Hey, listen, Wiley Todd. I mean, that's the thing. Everybody has acting, movies. It's all subjective. For some people, Johnny Depp really works. Like, I thought he was very, very good in the movie. Myself, personally, as Grindelwald. But for you, he didn't. And you're right. I mean, it, it took a dip in the number thing. And I don't know if, you know, Johnny Depp being there kept some people away or not. I mean, I, I don't know what it was. But uh, it is what it is. Now we look forward to the new movie. I think the new movie looks really, really good. I think uh, I think Mads is going to be fantastic in it. I think Jude Law is going to be fantastic in it. I think the trailer looks like a lot of fun. And uh, we'll see how it does at the box office. Thanks for sending that in, Wiley. All right, next up. Crashing Coyote writes, uh, Plus, from software games are always... I have no idea what crash, crashing is writing. Sorry about that, crashing. Uh, Jay Woods writes, can't wait for Fantastic Beast 3, but John, whatever happened to the HBO Max Harry Potter series they announced a while back, no updates or anything. I can't even remember. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Did what? That sounds familiar, but I don't remember. Yeah. All I know is there's a game coming out, which looks good. Yeah, yeah, a big yep. multi-open world game yep. that looks... That, they, honestly... That game that they announced, that Harry Potter game, was the reason Anne said, okay, if you want to get a PS5, you can get one. I think it's an exclusive to PS5. It might be. I'm not sure. I wouldn't be surprised. I think you're right. I think it might be a PS5 exclusive. All right, guys. On top of all that, we got Super Chats just sent in to be supportive from Terry, Richard Lloyd, and Jason Frost. Thank you guys for sending that in to support the channel. And guys, woo, closing in on uh, three hours. So that'll do it. For today's installment of the John Campion Show, thank you guys so much for being here and making the show part of your day. Big special thank you to all you guys who sent in the live comments and questions. Number one, because you gave us great fun things to talk about. But number two, you supported this channel as you did it. And all of us involved with the John Campion Show, thank you guys so much for your support. Don't forget, guys, a little bit later, at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, that's a little over three hours from now, we have our new meeting of Movie Club, and we're talking about Batman Begins. So if you want to talk about some Batman Begins, come on back and join us for Movie Club at 4 o'clock. But for now, that'll do it for us. Big thank you to Robert Meyer Burnett, to Ray Ora, to Bolo Young, and to you guys for being here. My name's John Campion, and until next time, my friends, bye-bye.